0: It's hot. It's hot. I don't do well in the heat. Uh, do you? Do you fare better in cold or hot weather? Because I'm—I don't mind heat.
1: I feel like you know, I, I went for you know my first thirty years without ever having air conditioning, and like yes, and then you know started shacking up with women that had air conditioning, and like that, that <laughs> and was I lost the plan, my huh? Edge, man,
0: that was the plan. Yeah, but I feel what like
1: did- back in the day—I mean, maybe it's because I was younger—but I feel like also, like I just like. I, I acclimated. Like I feel like now we don't acclimate to summer, you know. Like I feel like yeah, I used to acclimate. Like the first couple hot days would be horrible, but then like you'd kind of acclimate to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I lived without, I lived without, uh, I lived without air conditioning for most of my life. Yeah. I mean- um. And I and I hated it every time <laughs> I didn't have it. You know, it was funny. It was I grew up with like one AC in the house. It was in my brother's room. And if it was a really, really hot night, everyone had to go sleep in my brother's room. Oh, my God. And that was the deal. And then we moved into another house with no AC. And then, you know, long story, but my family splits up. And now I'm in this two-bedroom apartment with my mom that just got built. It's in one of these, like, apartment complexes that just got built. Fuck, man. You put the AC on that place... 68 degrees in about right. 4 minutes and it cost about $14 to do for like the whole month. All right. The model of efficiency. I'm not saying I want to move my family into a low income 2 bedroom apartment where you know where I grew up but uh, the AC was fucking nice I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah when you need it. I mean there's times when you need it for sure. It's yeah. really but you know it's the fucking humidity dude. I mean if you were going to if I were going to build my dream house, that it would be it would be central dehumidifying and then ceiling fans. Wow, I don't like it when it's too cold. I don't like it. You know, I I can never understand people who keep their houses colder in the summer than they do in the winter. Like that just <laughs> doesn't make sense.
0: Like, what it's the, the relief. Fuck? It's the sweet relief. It's like I when know. you come out and you just walk into it and you're like, oh, it's so nice. Yeah, it's great at first, and then you get cold. So why don't you explain to people who can't see what you're looking at right now? I'm looking at shirtless Benny,
1: (laughs) sweating in his bedroom. You like what you see? Wait, I am. I'm I'm actually live streaming this. This is for for the patrons.
0: I don't care. There's a lot a lot of people who see me without my shirt off. I used to have the confidence. Like I really do enjoy playing drums without a shirt on. Like it's nice. It feels good. It frees me up but there's been only a couple times in my life and career that I've had like the confidence and feeling good enough about myself to have a shirtless period. And usually something really messes it up. And I was just feeling good about myself like a couple years ago and I'm doing research for a book I was for that gaslight, um, you know, the re-release right. we did the 59 sound book and I'm, I'm on Getty Images, looking at images of the band, you know, like 90% of them are Brian, and then I get to, like, one little section that's me, oh my god, it's these shots from, like, one of the worst shows we ever played, it was like, I think it was the first show on the American Slang Touring when we played um, Bonnaroo, you know, the one down in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. I wasn't in tour shape yet. It was very hot. I didn't have my stuff ready. So I go ahead and I just rip my shirt off and play Bonnaroo without a shirt. The only images on Getty Images of me that you can purchase for your own pleasure (laughs) are like these side fucking like like spare tire shots with like my stomach just hanging over my jeans playing drums like the biggest muffin top it's like it's like they were shooting the muffin top not me you know and it's just like not your I legacy imagined, on Getty Im- images yeah and i imagined i imagine like the actual experience happening and me flopping around probably not looking so good up there and that, that fucked me up for like probably another five years, unless, uh. unless I get my old man Iggy Pop body. That's what I'm going for now. I don't want to be jacked. I want whatever the fuck <laughs> Iggy Pop's got going on, where he's like obviously in great shape, but his skin's kind of just hanging yeah. off, you know? Well, he's like, old, man. I know, but he looks great. Yeah, he looks amazing for his age. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's been my history. I even joke around like anytime we've done TV stuff. Like you know, when you do those late night shows, there's always like drummer cam, like back there, right. the guys like back there, right. and I always fuck around with that guy. I'm like, yo, do me a favor, <laughs> keep it, keep it breast up, okay? Let's keep these, <laughs> <laughs> let's keep these mud flaps out of the shot. Do me a favor, I don't need these flapping around on uh, fucking Jimmy Kimmel or whatever is happening. You know, man,
1: you're in, you're in, you're in good shape, buddy. <sighs>
0: good enough. Yeah, I've never, I've never been able to. Off. I've never been able to go over the hump. You know, I get. I've learned about myself too. Is like I need inspiration to get in shape. Like I don't have the self will to just like wake up every day and be positive and forward enough that I'm like I'm gonna eat right. I'm gonna treat my body right, and I'm gonna do this because it's the best thing to do. Like more often than not, I'm gonna slip into some sort of dark hole. And before I know it, I'm having a sandwich, fucking up some grilled cheese for lunch, not feeling so good about myself, some scotch for dinner, you know, and like before I know it, I'm not doing so well. The only thing that like gets me motivated to get into shape is if I have shows or tours. Right. Literally. It's the only thing. So I guess the only way you can get me into shape is if it's for like a job. (laughs) So. Yeah. This is not a good
1: time for diets right now. I'll tell you. No,
0: no, no. I was doing, you know the paranoid side of me was doing really well at first because all the inactivity I had was met with, like, a fear of getting food. So I was doing no overeating whatsoever. Actually, quite the opposite. I was like, I'm not eating that because I want the kids to have that tomorrow, and I don't feel like going to the store again for, like, three more weeks because it's terrifying, you know? Right. So at first, when things were really scary as far as, like... What's going to happen to our supply? Is the distribution chain going to be messed up? Like, you know, I really thought that was possible. So that was keeping me slim at first. And then when I realized my fat ass could get whatever I want whenever I want, basically, if I'm wearing a mask, uh, and then I wasn't playing drums and then I wasn't working out. Yeah, now it's gotten bad. I look like shit now.
1: Well, at least we eat healthier. I mean, when you eat at home, right? I mean, I do.
0: Yes, I have to. I'm on lockdown at home. You know, like, uh, you know, we don't we don't let certain things into the house. Right. Yeah. You've got I I could. Yeah. I go ahead and sneak some Taco Bell, but that shit's not coming through the front door. Yeah. (laughs) But I definitely drink every night, which I don't wasn't
1: doing before. You do. Yeah. Not a lot. Like two, two beers, sometimes you do a beer, but no more. Never more than like three. You never do wine. I do wine. or Sometimes a cocktail. I'm one of those. I'm NFL. very like I'm very inf- easily influenced. Like if I'm watching a movie and they pour a shot of, of whiskey, I go straight to the cabinet.
0: Yeah, it's hard. I always, hard I always to. try to
1: have a couple nice, uh, nice single malts and whatever in there.
0: Yeah, what's that drink Don Draper d- would drink on Mad Men? He had a drink. I can't. It was remember. an old, an old fashioned maybe. Oh
1: yeah, it sounds like a. And I remember being 60s. like, man,
0: I gotta try one of these an old fashioned. I ordered it. The it It's like sugar. It's like Ugh.
1: mashed sugar and fruit, right? Like a Terrible. cherry mashed up. Yeah, Terrible. it's
0: pretty bad. I don't know how they say. It, it was like the White Claw of the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, speaking of White Claw, that would be a good nickname for Matt if he didn't if he didn't uh <laughs> it, it, yeah, like if that if that drink didn't didn't uh, take off. I could see the White Claw being could, a real good could still nickname use it. for him. Yeah, maybe I'll yeah, I'll appropriate it the right way since that stuff sucks. But <laughs> I've been a big fan of the Bronx from, like, the get of the Bronx. Like, literally, you know, as he was talking about in the interview that that you'll get to, ironically, you know, they, 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 you know, rose to prominence really fast. And out of nowhere, there was this, like, band name that was fucking everywhere. And they had that great cover art with the, you know, bleeding fangs on the first record. And it was just like, what is this? And, you know, luckily for me, they were on this trajectory, but, you know, my friend's label was the one that was putting out their first album. And they were like deeply connected to my situation. So I got to see and hang out with the Bronx a lot early on. And I was never disappointed, you know, <laughs> every time I heard them, every time I saw them, every time I hung out with them, I was like, I fucking love this band. Even to the point I'm wearing a Bronx hat on the cover of the biggest album i ever did you know right um so i you know i'm a huge fan of the band and i was so happy to have him on and matt is like a really dynamic character you know like if you saw him on stage be like oh this is like maybe like a scary punk rock guy and he's just like really sweet really positive down for a party and he's a real punk rocker for sure but definitely not like you don't get, like, a Sid Vicious vibe from him, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, He's like a wholesome he's, he's,
1: punk. He's a nice guy. <laughs>
0: he's just a nice guy. You know, he's easy to talk to, talk Lakers with him, talk Dodgers, talk music, and, and he's just a lot of fun to be around. So yeah. I was really glad that uh, that we were able to make this happen, and he came on. Let's check it out. Yeah, long interview. Let's get into it. What's going on. that you just caught us in the middle of so brad you know lives in new york city yeah and decided to make the venture to the jersey shore last weekend oh without consulting That's- his boy here <laughs> really he went to like the real like trashy bay part of the ocean where like it was you know it's, it's where like the nascar fans like take off their coats and take a dip you know he didn't realize yeah.
1: he it's like all this boy it's you know? like a oil slick yeah it was pretty bad
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the beaches there aren't even soft like like the sand even hurts there you know yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> that's like santa monica over here if you go to like santa monica like everything around like the pier where like the you know the roller coaster and kind of all that like Kind of famous stuff is. It's just like you can't even swim in that water. Like Venice is is still kind of clean, but yeah. Like Santa Monica is usually just it, just looks like a big oil slick through there. It's really, it's it's disgusting. Yeah.
0: See, and I imagine it as like,
2: well, you just think it's like, it's like all just like it's like corn dog water. You know what I mean? It's like all like (laughs) I always just imagine just like all the greasy stuff from the pier and just like trash and just i I don't know, I just no thank you,
0: you know, I mean, what kind of area is it like the type of area where people feel the liberty to like you know, oh, I'm gonna eat street food and like eat half of it and throw the rest into the water and shit, like, we you eat know, like I, that. You I know? mean, I
2: think so. I've been there on numerous occasions, okay, numerous occasions where literally the water's been like you've blocked off, like you can't go swim, oh like you can, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like so, environmentally and it's like, restricted yeah and it's so. literally like for the from what I've seen it's literally just around that area because you know Malibu's historic you know obviously yeah, and, and and you know the the water up there is is good to go and you know I I don't mm-hmm. know enough about the uh about the Venice water to, to speak on it but I that's know it crazy. has some, it has some issues in the past you know and then it's like you know that's the thing about the the LA beaches are tricky man because it's so expensive to live there but some of the water is suspect man it's yeah, like yeah that's uh that's the kind of thing about orange county that if you're if you surf or if you're a fan of the beach uh as far as like you know the ocean itself it's just a little bit cleaner down here you know uh-huh. which is uh which goes a long way when you do a lot of swimming or you enjoy the ocean you know you don't want to be running into needles or or corn oh, yeah. dogs
0: what's <laughs> your spot like what's your what's your go-to spot or are you allowed uh, to say? Well, Can I, you not blow it up on the air?
2: No, 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 no. I, I live in Huntington Beach, so I okay. mean, it's, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, it's right here, down here, right now. It is. I mean, it is. You are living in, you know, in a comic book, pretty much. It's like <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, the climate down here between politics and pandemics and summertime and, and all that stuff. It's just it's completely insane. But the water's clean. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Yeah.
0: So it's not just revelation records anymore, huh? No, no, no. I mean, you know, there's
2: still there's 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 always been a uh you know, there's 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 a lot of history down here. Yeah. You know, good and bad, you sure. know, but uh but it's an interesting place to live for sure. You know, I, I grew up in, in Los Angeles, like kind of outskirts of East L.A., a city called Pico Rivera. Okay. And obviously, you know, spent a lot of time in Los Angeles You as, you know, the, the Bronx and, and Mariachi o Bronx kind of, you know, took off and started. And, you know, I, I grew up and lived there, lived in the valley, all that stuff. And I kind of moved down this way about, uh, I don't know, about 15 years ago, something like that, just to kind of get away from everything. And, uh, I, you know, I, I love the beach, the city itself, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a cool place to live. If you have like, you know, if you got, if you got a, if you got a brain, you can think for yourself, you know, it's like a yeah. lot of people think a lot of different things about it and most of them are true. But for me actually living <laughs> here, I can yeah. navigate it, you know, so it's all sure. good. Is
0: it like when you grow up in LA, is it like, uh, you know, cause like in my head, like if you're like a born and bred New Yorker. And you got to make the move out to like Jersey or Long Island or something. There's kind of like a swallowing of pride. Like the coolest thing and the most respect thing is to you know like live and die miserably inside of the city. Um, is there like the same thing in LA? Like when you start going out to the outskirts or Orange County, people are like Psh,
2: you should. Oh, I that. mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, the the beef is real. You know. I mean, it's <laughs> like you know. I mean, LA is definitely uh, you know. Got the culture and and the coolness, you know. But it's just, uh, you know, California in general. I mean, it's 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 a it's tough because I mean, if I wasn't if I wasn't from here, if I wasn't you know born and raised here, I probably would have left a long time ago, you know. Because right. it's so it's so expensive, and it's 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 getting to a point where it's just it's it's completely like overthought, you know. So it's like, uh, you know, it's just hard to like find any sort of like. Uh, you know simplicity sometimes or just mm. like you know any, any sort of like um y- you know like you 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 want you find yourself kind of like you know you, you never want to be that guy that's like fuck, i wish it was like i wish we could like go back a little bit you know or <laughs> yeah. you know but it's like it's just a little it, it's 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 a little crazy you know it's like yeah it, what it's do you mean by hard place to uh it's it's a hard place to get comfortable you know but it's like i for me it's like I can't really ever see myself leaving, you know, just because it's like, I mean, I, I I love it, you know. But it's like, you know, between Los Angeles, Orange County, you know, San Diego, San Francisco, you know, there's there's so much, you know, yeah. there's, there's so much diversity culture and culture and, and awesome people, you know. So for sure, um, if you can kind of find a way to skate around, you know, the bullshit, which is kind of why I came down here, you know. And yeah, it's like, yeah. you can kind of find a way to get around that. And find yourself like a little spot that's not, you know, four grand a month or something like right, that. Right. Then, then you'll, you'll probably be stoked.
0: You know, it's something about the California thing. It doesn't even matter where you go. You know, like so. I'm hanging out with with Hammer from Violent Gentlemen. I don't know if you know this this great clothing company out of Orange County.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I do.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he was nice enough to put me up at his place and put my band up at his place last time we were there. And, you know, we're having a conversation outside. I'm explaining to him, you know, the trouble I have with sleep because, you know, I'm a New Yorker and neurotic and paranoid. And like, like we all need to do something weird to sleep. It's just like part of the nature here. And he's just like, yeah, you know, like I just go to bed. You know, I usually like just put my head in the pillow, pass out, and wake up about ten hours later. I'm like, "What? That's it?" You know, and and I'm like, "Wait a minute, are you born and raised in Orange County? Like, have you never lived anywhere else?" He's like, "Nope." And I started doing like some field research, almost, and just people <laughs> I know. And there is honestly, there's just this like it's general. There's <laughs> something. There's just an ease to the mind. There's something about. Waking up in California every day for your entire life—that just like does something differently to your spirit than than growing up on the East Coast, man. It's
2: definitely. Oh, I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, I remember the you know the first time I I went to the East Coast. I remember waking up uh, in New York for the first time. And, you know, stumbling out uh, around 9 a.m. or something like that. And, just the you know, this city almost swallowed me whole, you know, my first two steps on the sidewalk. I couldn't believe how fast people were moving, how loud everything was. You know, I'm just like, you know, where's my where, where's my avocados, you know? So <laughs> it's, uh, it's just like, I mean, I, I fell in love with it instantly, you know? Right, like uh, I, I was just like, whoa, because, you know, I was just like, I can't, this is, it's so cool to experience like both coasts, you know, it's like, it's something that, that, you know, if, if you haven't, it's like, it's unreal. It's so cool. And what, like what makes them so different. And it's so rad and so true how, you know, East coasters just, you know, they just get after it and they just go for it. And they're just fucking moving nonstop, you know? And it's like uh, the West coast is the exact opposite. You know, it's like we, we, we get our stuff done, but it's laid back you know yeah. it's laid back and it's slow and it's, <laughs> sure. it's 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 got a whole different style you know yeah. Yeah. and uh, and 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 so it was really cool to to be able to experience that and, and and I really do I love it and I appreciate it you know and then you have You know, I mean, you get weirder, you know, as you go into the middle. I mean, you throw that Texas lifestyle in there. I don't even know what that is, you know. (laughs) You
0: know what? After all these years, I think Texas is more like us. You know, they're really, they're kind of aggressive. They drive fast. They sort of have this, like, irrational pride about where they're from, that it's, like, the greatest place in the world and nowhere else is good. Very um, true. You know, especially like the cities in Texas, like I'm driving around and I'm like, this feels like strangely familiar to me. These people are just kind of unnecessarily angry and aggressive, you know, yeah. which which does feel familiar. But then, like you said, you know, you you uh if you hit, you know, Texas at the east or west coast and you see that, oh, you're like, oh, I have 900 miles to get through this fucking thing. You know, you drive through like a lot of, you know, all of a sudden you're in something that feels like oklahoma then you're in something yeah. that feels like arizona you know it's yeah, like, uh, that's just a who knows we we could we and it's basically mexico anyway you know
2: yeah it's i mean i love texas man i love it like i was thinking i could like where can i live if i did you know leave california and i i could definitely do texas I, you I could love, yeah so i could where
0: man. about you think
2: I mean, you know, I mean, Austin's automatic, you know, but Austin's so insane. It's like, it's so, it's like at this point, it's like, you know, 10 cities in one. Um, But it's like, it's still such a rad place and such a cool place for artists and musicians. I could do Dallas, you know, I I love Dallas. I think Dallas has come a long way. It's got a lot more kind of culture and art to it now.
0: Sure. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: You know, it's like, and, you know, I couldn't do Houston because Houston, the weather's just too crazy you know it's just <laughs> right. like it, yeah. it's it's two nuts it literally changes every 10 minutes or whatever you know so but I mean I could also you know I could be one of those dudes that just you know has you know a, like a you know like a 83 Ford truck and just has some you know weird like just you know shack in the middle of nowhere and just kind of you know as long as I can as long as I can get some sort of electricity you know a refrigerator Wi Fi signal I'll be I'll be fine. I could do that Texas life, man. I don't I don't I don't mind it. Ranch. So are
0: you like when, <laughs> when you get yeah when you when you get home from tour and you're not working and stuff like are you uh, are you kind of a homebody? Do you like do you like being at home?
2: Uh, I mean I appreciate being at home. I don't I'm not really like a, a, a hermit or anything like that. I mean I, I like I, I love being able to get home and and, and unwind and and like you know like kind of like unpack mentally you know for sure for sure but um but i like uh i like living life man you know i I like i like going out and doing stuff and and and, you know driving places and you know experiencing things and talking to people and and uh and and kind of you know and just doing that i mean i i appreciate being at home but uh you know i don't need to do it too often
0: sure well i mean that being said uh you know how how's your uh, mind been and how's your productivity been during uh, the quarantine? Like where where exactly are you at and and how you've been uh, keeping yourself and your mind occupied during this time?
2: It's crazy, man. I mean, it, it's uh, it honestly it changes day to day. You know, right. it's like uh, uh, overall it's been pretty good. You know, you got to keep like you know I, I guess a higher perspective. Uh, it's yeah. what, I, what I try to maintain, you know. It's like I'm still alive, I'm, you know, still healthy, and, you know, I'm living by the beach, and I may not be playing music right now, but I play music for a living, and, you know, I'm doing my thing. So, you know, it's like, it, 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 all in all, it's like, you know, everything is, is, is still, you know, um, positive, you know. But okay. it's like, it's definitely... Scale. Yeah, the grand scale. But, you know, it's like, then you start... I mean, this is the most... I mean, dude, I mean, you know, it's like Bronx Tours nonstop. So it's like, this is literally sure. the longest I've been home in 15 years.
0: Right, yeah. You know,
2: so it's like, and it, once that kind of hits you, then you're kind of like, whoa, that's kind of fucked up. And then you're like, <laughs> and then you start playing that mental game where you just go down these rabbit holes. Like the other day I was just like, it's so, like, it's it's such a trip to like, you know, because so much of who I am yeah. is like based on, what I do so it's like because yeah music is my life you know so right. it's like yeah. and it's like so then it's like well like if I'm not like doing I'm um, then it's like Wait a minute, who am I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? and, then, and then you're just like, oh, you know, and then you're just like, you realize you're just like staring off into the distance and like a, you know, in like a supermarket or something. So you're just like, <laughs> what, what, what
0: is this? Yeah, I mean, I saw you, I saw that piece you wrote for uh, notfest.com mm. and, and I saw a part in it that almost was kind of um, giving off the feeling that not only like, who am I? But like, what have I been doing this whole time? And is there value in spending my entire life like making music and things like that? H- have you reconciled that at all? Because when you wrote that piece, you seem seem pretty bummed out about it.
2: No, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was funny about that thing. So I I wrote that. They're like, hey, you want to write something for for the Not Fest? I was like, okay. So you know, I write this thing, and it's like I wrote it in the morning, and I was like holy shit, this is kind of dark.
0: It's kind of dark, you know? Well, it's a
2: metal website, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And, uh, and I, was like, yeah. I was like, ah, and then, you know, it's like, uh, you, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I learned a while ago that it's like, you know, you, you actually, you, you have to, you know, you have to take a moment before you, put stuff out there because it's, it's going to be out there forever. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, you got to realize, like, do you want, like this may be how you feel, but do you want to show that to people? You know, do you want people right. to, 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 know that, you know? So, um, so I, initially I, I said it to our, our manager, Josh, and I was like, he's like, wow, man, this is kind of heavy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know, you know, and it was like, like five minutes after I sent him, I was like, dude, I was like, don't, let, let's just scrap this, it doesn't feel right, and then, yeah. so he's like, okay, and then, you know, like a, a week later, he got back to me, he's like, hey, uh, not just, you know, they really want to run that thing, they, they were really into it, they like it, it's like, you know, it's like, just kind of a, a raw thing, and they were into it, so I reread it, and I fixed a couple things, I was like, alright.
0: Alright, so. It. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean it, it is what it is, you know. I mean, it's so, real.
0: But, it's real and and I think for any musician reading it, I I don't you know, I'd say 99% of musicians at some point along the point of doing this and probably often, especially from talking about myself, have to reconcile that feeling, you know, like like is this important? Is this doing anything? And when there's something real happening in the world and something um, that involves, you know, action or money or things that you can do to help. And you're like, oh, I just made a record with my friends. Like, did that do anything to to help the world?
2: Yeah, um, it's all, it's hard to balance like the, the 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 like you know the the greater good with like you know the your your own life. You know, it's like it's like it's it's, it's a hard thing to kind of figure out right now for a lot of people. You know, not just musicians. Uh, you know, but it's like, and that's kind of the thing. It's like in, when I was sitting with that, with that article, I was like, well, do I want to try to like, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm a, a positive guy, you know? So it's yeah. like, I was like, do I want to try to like rewrite this ending to kind of make like a positive statement? And I was like, nah, fuck it. You know, it's like, it is what yeah, it is. It's real. So, um, but yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I 100% like, believe in in what I'm doing what we're doing what musicians do what artists do and and, and all this stuff during this crazy time it's just a so weird it's there's so many honestly there's just so many like just insane conversations that take place in my head on a daily basis of just like and, and, and just like trying to like figure out like uh, trying to understand everything that's happening right now and yeah. just like where, like where it's going like what it all means and it's just like it's just it's such a, I mean it's a super crazy time, dude. I mean it's like I I was you know looking back and, and and kind of reflecting on stuff, and it's like it's a trip to say, but it's like you know I'm I'm 41 years old, and it's like this is most definitely without a doubt like the craziest time since I've been alive. Like yeah. the, it, yeah. like in my in my lifetime, this is sure. the most this is the fucking weirdest the world's been. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. 100. You know you know what I mean? It's like you look at like. You know, it was '68 or whatever, but it's like had like like the second Kennedy got shot, Martin Luther King, and you know you had like all all like crazy civil rights to end of Vietnam and all that stuff like that must have been insane. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's like this, you know, this is like this is just it's just next level, man. And it's it's like I don't know where and like like where's where's it going? You know, that's the thing that I think a lot of people struggle with and that's the hardest thing i think is you want to be able to grab onto something you want to be able to to throw an anchor somewhere and you just can't right, right now you know right. it's like you, you just can't and it's like and so it's like you know if you have you know a lot of artists they got issues man it's like me i can you know i can get, i can get manic from time to time so it's like when when my brain starts going and it's just like you just want you know you just want to be able to like you know, you, and the, that's the thing too. It's crazy how sometimes, at least for me, in these in these type of times, and I think for a lot of people from friends yeah. I've been talking to, it's hard to it's it's hard to create. Yeah. Like it's because because it, it's hard to like it's hard to it's hard to focus on one thing. Honestly, it's yeah. hard to it's yeah. hard to sit down and be like, okay, like I'm gonna write a song or I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do that. Like I like I had a, a, like super crazy, like, moments last week of just, like, extreme inspiration where I, like, wrote and wrote and then I, like, you know, right. recorded and did all these things and, like, and it felt so good to finally feel that because yeah. it's, like, I was trying to, like, make it come out of me because I was, like, God, everything around me sucks. I just want to yeah. do something fun, you know, and it's, like, I it just, it, I just couldn't do it. It was just, like, God, it's just, like, I was just, I mean, I don't know how you've been during this thing, but it's, like, I've had you know, it's like that. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty normal on like a, you know, I'm I'm riding like a five or six out of ten on a, on a daily basis. Sure, but it's sure. like, dude, there was like, dude, like a month ago or something. Dude, I had like a like two weeks. I had like a week and a half, two weeks straight, dude. Where I just, I was just like, dude, I was doing nothing. Yeah. Like, and I. It's like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's I was just like, I <laughs> couldn't get out. Dude. I couldn't do anything if I tried, dude. I was like, right. I just I just could not do it. And it was just like, god damn, this is brutal, you know? But it's like, uh, you know, but then it's like, that, that's when you jump back into perspective and you're like, okay, like, fuck, you know? Like, I'm sitting here, you know, creatively, you know, just mute, you know, and it's just like, but you're, but you know, it's like, I'm still, you know, it's like, I'm not George Floyd, you know, I'm not fucking dead, you know, I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not that. And it's like, so you find, you know, you find ways to like, to, you know, to, to battle through it. And, you know, you realize that there's, that there's bigger things happening around you. Then you go, but it's like, it's almost like the bigger, the bigger picture is like a day job now. And so it's like right, yes. you, you wake up and you have all these things that you can be a part of and you can you can get online and you can read all these things and you can be an activist for all these people that don't have voices and you can do that. And then it's like, you know, then you come home from work and you hang your jacket up and you're just like, ugh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what now? What now? Well, yeah, I mean,
0: it's, it's such a strange thing to reconcile too because, you know, often when you know you're not feeling inspired to be creative you can find a lot of things in like real life that are like oh this is the reason i can't create right now this is the reason i'm not inspired and when you're literally like being told to be home told to do nothing and almost told to have that time in in your head you know there's like no sensible reason why you shouldn't be creating constantly because I have the time that I've been asking for forever to just sit here and work and create. But, you know, early on in this, I tried to, you know, realize like during the whole time that like this is unprecedented, you know, and like any way I react or anything that happens on a day to day basis is fine because like there's no roadmap for this. You know what I mean? There's no one who's coming out of it being like, you know what, during the digital age, this is the finest way to create in a pandemic. You know, like we're just, we're, we're paving the road. So it's, it's like, uh, you know, I think maybe it does favor the people who were grinders and I'm not sure what you are, you know, like, I think the people who need to set up situations for themselves to truly be inspired and, and create in this like exact way they need to are probably suffering more than the people who are grinders. You know the people who sit down every day at their computer or their guitar and they like make sure they get something out and make sure they create something. You know those people. Uh, you know like the Kurt Vonnegut school of creation. Like it doesn't matter what you put down every day. That you're supposed to be improving your craft every day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think uh, I think the grinders are doing fine. But I think the people who really need... And like you said, you know, most of the people who do this are... And, you know, they're crazier than you or I. Like, like, I know that. Like, most of the people are way more impacted emotionally from the things around them and need a certain scenario in order to create the right way, you know? So it is. It's totally unprecedented. And I think if you have a couple weeks where... You know, you're not getting anything worthwhile down. Like it's all right, man. You know, like like it's cool. You should be easy on yourself.
2: No, yeah. So. I mean, you, you got you <laughs> get you got you gotta be. You know, you got you gotta be easy on yourself. You know, it's like it's it is. It's just it's unprecedented. It's just it's a it's a wild ride, like mentally, man. And it's like yeah. you know, it's like and it's it's not it's not even necessarily, uh, you know. I mean, obviously, it's a big part of that is is you know artistically and creatively, but just outside of it, just like, you know, like the, the weight of the world and, and what's happening and where it's all going. It's just like, I mean, it's, it's just insane, you know, I mean, but it's like, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows, man? Well, I, I mean, think we that a lot of
1: people yeah. are, uh, questioning their value in these times, you know, that's, mm. and like the fact that you can't just sit down and make art would be just because you have the time. Could yeah, that could be really. Uh, but the truth is, is like why do you, this is why you see people on, you know, you see your friends on Facebook getting intense joy out of fucking cleaning the house, or well, <laughs> you know what I mean because it's I mean, just like. Yeah. It's it gives you a little bit of value and it's also a simple like act that kind of harkens back to normal times. I mean, yeah. I was like I went upstate a couple weeks ago and helped a, another dad build a treehouse and I swear to god it was the fucking most it was th- it was the most satisfying thing I may have ever done in my <laughs> life.
0: <laughs> That's you know, awesome, in, man. At, at our age, right? Like we're, you know, I'm nearly 40. You know Brad's collecting social security. <laughs> um, you know, at this point, like yeah. I'm like we made our decisions, you know what I mean? like none of us are getting gold watches. none of us are company men. none of us are career activists. So I try to think of myself in this as like one of those like string players who who goes down with the Titanic. you know yeah. it's like it's like this is what we do, and we're just gonna play it out until the end because this this is what I am, you know. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to the Bronx records right now to, to help them get through it. You know, like there's always, uh, I mean, that's, there's that's always, the
2: cool that thing, it's like, it's, 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 it has been such a rad reminder that way too, of just like, you know, like in speaking of value, it's like, it, it has, I mean, you know, you have those moments where it's like, definitely like the, you know, you know, like, you know like what's my purpose what does it really matter in a world that's you know going to hell but at the same time like it's been so cool to see you know fans of of not only the bronx and el bronx but just in general you know supporting artists and 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 you know kind of you know really going the extra mile to, to 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 be there you know whether it's you know Stupid shit like buying a shirt or just overall, just like you know, like being able to be in contact with your fans over social media, um, yeah. you know, during during times like these is is super cool, you know, because it's a good way to just kind of reach out and, and and just be in touch with each other, and it's rad because I mean, dude, I do I tell you, it's like, you know, uh, I was I did my taxes like <laughs> I don't know like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whatever. I was just super late on them. And I was going through all my bank statements, and I was like seeing like all this random shit, you know. it's like Taco Bell in Minneapolis or whatever, you know. And I, just right. got, I was getting all I was getting all bummed out, and I was like, "Fuck, man, I miss traveling so much. I miss like playing shows." I was going through all my all my statements and seeing all this stupid shit I was buying on tour, you know. <laughs> right. And uh, I was just like, "God, you know, I miss that stuff so much, you know." And it's like, nice. man, it's so fortunate to to just be able to have that, to have that yeah. community, a community of people who, you know, you can, you know, engage with and, and just, you know, who supports you, whether it's, you know, digitally or on the road or whatever, you know, and it's like, it's so cool to, to, to have that, you know, and it's yeah. like, I, I, honestly, it's like, it's the best thing ever, man. it's like, and, and I can't, you know, I, I can't wait to get back to it, obviously. And I know at some point, there's going to be, some version of a of a future, you know. It's yes. like whether it's completely, you know, n- completely different, and it's never the same. Is you know, if that's the way it shakes out, and that's the way it shakes out, and we'll adjust and we'll go forward. But uh, you know, I'm just, I am just. It's another thing that you realize in these types of situations is how much you have to be grateful for. You yes. know, and it's just like I, I I rely on that so much because it's like you know there is the band is meant like so much to me, you know, it's like, a, and, and not just, it's not being in the band. It's everything that being in a band brings to your life, you know, it yeah. just brings for me it's so much validation, you know, just who I am as a human being with, you know, the, the guys that I create with, you know, and the, the, it's like the, the experiences of, of traveling the world and meeting people in different countries and, uh, you know, late night conversations about music and art, and you know, being able to just have this amazing life full of memories. Uh, you know, that would have never happened if I'd not picked up a microphone. You know, so I'm so thankful for all that. So it's like, you know, as you can tell from just the. First thirty minutes, of this conversation—it's like there's, it's there's so much on like the emotional spectrum that yeah, you can, sure, that yeah. you can go, that you can go through on like a fucking daily basis. You know, when also when you're just sitting here thinking, you know, so uh, man, it's, yeah, uh, it's, Who knew? It's, it's, yeah, I know, right? It's, it's great, man. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's super, super crazy times right now, and it's like there's so much to just to to think on, to reflect on, to act yeah. on. Uh, you, you know, so you know, you just gotta. I think you just gotta try your best to be present.
0: You know, makes sense, man. Who would have known that you jumping out into the crowd all those times is would have turned into a public health crisis? You know, that's I know. You, you I feel somewhat. You responsible. couldn't have known. <laughs> so, Matt, we have a fun segment on this show. It'd be a good time to turn the corner, anyway. Called mystery friends. Mystery friends. I speak to an old friend of yours, get a great story. You have to tell me a little bit about this story and then guess which friend told me. Speaking of road memories, I had uh, employed Pete Steinkoff of the Bouncing Souls to give me a great story. I figured you guys have spent quite a few nights together and uh pete texted me this morning saying he's got nothing oh mm-hmm. he's got yeah. nothing so i told him on this podcast i'm going to start his smear campaign and, <laughs> yeah. and besmirch his good name throughout the going off track community oh well, no that's
2: uh, see that's 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 good on pete because he's he's you know he's he's keeping uh he's keeping quiet doesn't it so i think it might have that. something to do with that I, with I Pete. It. I figured Pete
0: might be up to some, like, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, where he's, he's keeping quiet for a reason. I had yeah, a feeling
3: it's that Pete could have
0: been it. Yeah. But so I did dig up another one, which is something I want to talk about anyway. Okay. So I was told, you know, I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. And I don't know if you ever remember being in this place. But apparently yeah. one time you slept... At an apartment in Jersey City, people were chilling and drinking and eventually went to bed and you were still enjoying the evening, uh, eventually mm-hmm. got bored and left, mm-hmm. and the next morning the person you were staying with was walking their dogs and found you sleeping <laughs> next to a trash can on the street. <laughs> yeah. uh, can, can you give me a little insight into that story? And maybe uh, and then and then harbor a guess as to who told me such story.
2: Well, uh, okay, so it was at it was at Carl Ferret's house. Is right. that, that's <laughs> that's where it was, and you know it was like in the early Bronx days. Every time you know we ended up in in, in Jersey, we would be at at uh, at Carl's place, um, and that because it was at a uh, fuck. And, and so we were at his spot and. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Dixon Mills,
0: right? It was an old yeah. converted. Uh, it's the converted Dixon Ticonderoga pencil factory that's been turned into like warehouse, studio, apartments. Very yeah, 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 and
2: yeah, and he was like kind of running ferret, like out of there, pretty mm-hmm. much, you know. So uh, it was super cool. We go over there, we would party and we'd hang out, you know. And yeah, that that night, I was hammered, drunk. And, uh, we were hanging and I just didn't want to stop, you know? So it was like, I, I just, I just headed out the door and I was just going to go look for some drinks and some food. And it was like, uh, it was kind of like, you know, the end of the shining, when like, he, like he's like he's like he's looking for Danny or whatever he's got the axe and he's just he's just in the maze you know and he's just like uh, that, that was pretty much me on the streets you know I was like I was just looking for action assuming that it was just gonna be you know it was gonna be easy to find yeah, and, well, yeah. Uh, you know next thing you know it was freezing cold and I had no idea where I was okay. Uh, so I just uh, I just kind of did what any good punk would do and just huddled up next to a trash can and just you know fell asleep just had, and then,
0: had to sit down and and yeah. faded through the night huh
2: yeah and then well, then you know and then the, the second half of that was when I did wake up and got back to Carl's place everyone was I mean it was obviously you know it's always those situations you end up, you have, you wake up super early you know because you're just like the, yeah. The, so, yeah, so I got back, and his two dogs, they were like greyhounds. And, of yeah. course, he, he had a small spot, and so the band was, you know, any good real estate was taken, you know what I mean, and hard floors and stuff like that. Sure. So uh, I got in the dog bed, and I slept in the dog bed, uh-huh. and the amount the <laughs> amount of hair that was in the dog bed, was just like it was unfathomable it was insane it was like two it was like out of the two dogs' hair there was like a third dog you know so i I slept in that thing and I was like picking dog hair off me for a week after that
0: <laughs> so you had a night you had a night that I should yeah. mention too that in those day you know this is probably close to you know what Twelve, thirteen, <laughs> almost fifteen years ago, maybe. Like, who knows, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure, two thousand three or four, something like that, probably four.
0: Yeah, sounds right. And and you know that was kind of like the beginning of the the real like Jersey City gentrification. You know, like uh, Dixon Mills was one of the few spots that was built up. Like, there was a high potential for you to get into some. Kind of next level, low down New Jersey but, uh, stuff. Like, that's, like
2: what was, that's what I was told, and, uh, and <laughs> yeah, you know, out there was an angel watching out for me that night. I've had a couple of those those angels looking out for me, but but yeah, that, that, those are always good times, man. How, how close was uh was is Hoboken close to Jersey City?
0: Yeah, yeah, like right across. Basically, there's Jersey City. You cross the Holland Tunnel, then there's Hoboken. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Remember, because I was kind of, I kind of associate that that time with like playing. We used to play Maxwell's all
0: the time. Yeah, and and the,
2: that those shows were so much fun. It Definitely so saw awesome.
0: you guys at one of those for sure. Yeah, it was
2: so, so awesome, man! I so love. I New think Jersey. you
0: uh, you called your mystery friend early on. It, it was it was Carl Severson, Carl from hey, Fair, yeah, Fair yeah. Records.
2: I wrote a text
0: to both him and Portland, you know, who also worked in Ferret at the time.
2: Portland, you, know, you ever hear those? Rose stories, Portland. The Pete Rose? Yeah. I, he, no, he's he got a Pete Rose story? No, he, he well he used to do this thing, we'd call it he used to do this thing used, like Pete Rose because he used to slide. He used to be able to like slide across like cars, <laughs> like windshields and like he would he would get so drunk that dude. <laughs> yes. That dude with like he was yeah. like a party. He was yeah. like yeah, like the guy at the office who got too drunk, you know, his shirt off. Like he, yes. like yeah, like you know, like a very, very chill place, and he would be very unchill. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been through that situation a number of times. Literally, I was like, I was like twenty-two years old, and I would get asked to go tour with Nora just because I was friends with him, you know. And yeah. somehow, like the twenty-two-year-old in the group you know, Carl and Portland are getting into their mid to late 20s already, but literally my job on those tours was, like, to watch those two. Yeah, To, like, make sure that it just didn't fly, like, too far off the handle. And I failed, like, a couple of times because I have some of my crazier moments and stories in life happened with those two out on the road. (laughs) Because, you know, there's also the thing, that was, like, the height of when Carl was doing pretty well, you know? so. So, like, it was kind of gangster for me. Like, I'd go on a Nora tour, and they'd be like, yeah, we're getting a room. I'm like, a room? <laughs> Hotel room? I'm like, the ferret credit card? You sure? You know? And and it was it was pretty luxury for me.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Those, those early days were so out of control. And I was so, I mean, I was I was out of control, but I was also so, like, just green, dude. Like, I was just, you know, right. I was just like, I was just, I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I was out of my element all the way and just didn't really know how to like, you know, you know. in, the, in those situations when you're when you're, you know, younger and you're just kind of like trying to like it's like, a, you know, that's why I would just like I would, I was just drink out of control and just party out of control because I just, it was the only way to kind of like like I just, you know, kind of feel a little comfortable, you know, because it was like it was so, it was so crazy. I mean, it was like Going from, you know, like, you know, everything happened with the Bronx so quick, you know, it was like, and then, you know, doing like all the, all the like kind of East Coast, like hardcore stuff, it was just like, it was just, it it was just super like weird scene, you know, like to like, to to, to, to be dropped into, you know what I mean? It was just like, and it was super rad. Uh, but it was just kind of like it was. It was just crazy. So I, I just, I, mean, I was just raging nonstop.
0: Yeah, much. I, I mean, speaking of that beginning, like you know, you guys had just that really unique, unique start. Um, could, could you speak on that a little, like, like what actually happened within the first, you know, six months of you being a band and the first couple shows, and and now, yeah. like, and now in like hindsight, do you think that was like? Positive or negative, like in the long run for for your career and stuff like that. Like, can you talk?
2: Uh, about it, yeah, it was it was it was one hundred percent positive, man. It's like yeah. I, I think you know, early on. I mean, you just gotta uh, the the approach was just throw them in the deep end, you know, right. and, and and you know, sink or swim, and it was that type of that type of thing. And it's like that's kind of you know the way it had to be. It's like you know when we when we first started the band. Uh, we had uh, two managers who were just buddies that were like helping us out and looking out for us. Jonathan Daniel and Pablo Matheson. And uh, Jonathan, um, you know, he built Crush Music; it's his his right. empire. And so he he <clears throat> he is, uh, you know, both guys are, are, are great dudes. Jonathan is 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 an absolute genius, and it's like you know their kind of whole thing was, you know, just. Don't you know? Don't give them anything. You know, it's like music. You know, the music industry is so used to people bending over backwards for them, mm. doing whatever they want. You know, it's like when p- we're going to generate this like buzz about you guys, and when people ask for it, we're going to tell them to fuck off. You know, and, so and, and like, how did
0: those how did those guys find you? You know, before you were you so, haven't played that many shows yet. So, like- je-
2: so check us out. So the way the way the Bronx kind of like the way it. it, it broke down, it's like, member to member was like, so, you know, Joby, uh, Joby started the band. Joby right. at the time was, was playing in a band called Let Down, and I knew uh, we had, uh, you know, he was playing with uh, friends, David and Vincent, who I grew up with, um, uh, who, you know, we still play music with to this day, but they were kind of guys that I grew up with that Joby had, and he was playing with, so Joby and I, uh, like met that way. We also, my brother was friends with Joby, so there was just a bunch of mutual shit okay. that brought Joby and I together. Yeah, yeah, I was like the kind of weird, like uh, unpolished, like weird guy out in left field. Okay, <laughs> Joby. Joby was like, you know, Joby had the he had the job at Vagrant Records, and uh, you know, he was doing graphic design, playing guitar, and okay. then so so Jorma, uh, our original drummer, yeah. He was in a band called Death on Wednesday and okay. they they had like a good amount they had like professional buzz, you know. They okay, had like okay. been on like a tour with social distortion. They were kinda like professional like you know, they were like the guys that you know, there's like you know, I this like there's like even on the smallest scales, right? There's levels, yeah. right? There's they like, had those. Okay, times, yeah. you had, they were like, doing the you had, thing. They were doing like, the art, thing. Like you had a high school band, or, or it's like okay, or that you actually could get club shows. Right, right, or, you right. Know, you were getting that you could get like signed to like Fearless Records or something like that. You know what I mean? So it was just like <laughs> okay, so but they were like kind of on that next level, you know? They had like the they had their shit to get, you know? Yeah, and uh, and and so. You know, and and so Jorma was the guy who kind of brought that in. Okay. So so basically, Joby started the Bronx. He asked uh, Jorma and James, who was uh, working with Joby at Vagrant, uh, Mm -hmm. to play bass. And then, so Joby knew me, and he was like, okay, I got this. Kind of wild card guy <laughs> <laughs> that, that you know that I want to introduce you guys to. I think you should sing in the band because we at that at this point, uh, Joby and I were playing in a band called The Drips with Dave and Vince, right. and uh, we were just kind of doing. We were making a bunch of music, you know. we were just yeah, having sure. fun. So uh, Joby wanted to go. You know, he wanted to, to get serious about it. So you know, he brought me in uh, on that. I was like, hey, do you want to sing on this stuff? And I was like, yeah, man, of course. You know, let's 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 do it. So. We ended up, you know, getting together and playing in uh, downtown rehearsal at our spot, and it just kind of clicked that way. And it was just like, even even you know, me with no experience and not really you know knowing anything, I I felt it. You know, I felt like okay, like you hear, you know, you know enough, know enough about music and bands yeah. to, to know that it's all about chemistry and it's all about sure. the right people. You know, so it's like this felt like it felt special it felt really good nice um you know so and it was like but it was when we got three songs together and it was jorma who gave them to uh his buddy pablo and it was pablo who gave it to jonathan do you remember so, what those first three were uh yeah i think it was strobe life uh false alarm and white tar i think that's oh, great what, yeah. yeah 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 i awesome. think so um, and then, uh, and then, so those guys did songs and of course they're like, fuck this is, you know, this, your shit is that good, right. you know? Uh, but, uh, but so it was super cool, you know, cause they were interested right away. Like, Hey, we want to help you guys out. So it was like, cool. we're at. Yeah. uh, so then they just kind of built from there. And it was like, literally, I mean, it was so cool to like be on like the bubble of like the whole kind of old school like music industry because right. it was like right, it was right at the tail end before it kind of all went to shit as far as like record deals and all that stuff. Like I remember there there was this band, fuck, it was like there was. Do you remember that band, Vendetta Red? I do. Yeah, they got like a like a zillion dollar record yes. deal. I yes. remember that, and I was just like, holy shit! You know what I mean? Like these bands, just like fucking. So it was it was that time. You know, it was kind of right. like the end. Of It was like the end of that kind of weird driving wave where, you know, everyone was just kind of, labels were just signing bands. You know what I mean? And it ended up being like probably
0: like the last run of it, too.
2: Yeah, straight up. It was, Uh, dude. It was. And so, you know, we got, we ended up getting, you know, we I mean, man, some of the early shows, like, you know, I was, uh, you know, you look back on them and you remember them with such like, you know, you, there's such fondness and it's so great. And then you like, I think there's like, we have like a VHS of our first show, like one of our early shows, The Troubadour. Man, it's nice. it's not it's not good. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I'm looking at it from, you know, whatever, critical. But, yeah, of course. You know, so that, you know, that kind of just built from there. And then we kind of, you know, we started sending out, uh, we just started getting label interests and then we started sending back like, You know, just stupid shit to fuck with them, and then of course that just built from there. And Jonathan and Pablo were able to kind of build this like old school like bidding war over a band that had been together for maybe six months and had three songs.
0: What kind of what kind of dumb shit were you sending back to people? Like people you weren't interested in, you were just you were giving them.
2: Yeah, 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 like, uh, you know, yeah, like, like this, uh, the one guy, like, I think one guy, the one label asked us, you know, for to send, to send him the rock, and so we literally sent him, like, a box of rocks. <laughs> good, good. Anyone who uh, says that, oh, yeah, I, I think Joby responded to an email in like, some sort of Morris code or something like that. It was <laughs> just like, it was, you know, it was just whatever. We were just fucking with people, and yeah, it was like, yeah. It was super cool, and then, uh, and then you know, so and, and you know, Jonathan, uh, you know, lined us up with Gilby Clark to kind of right. finish the record, and that was that was a big thing. You know, it was it was it was insane. So then at that point, you know, we got we got you know, oh dude, so we went, dude, we went to this one record label meeting, and I forget, I wish I could remember who it was, but this guy like took our song and like pitch shifted it down. Oh, like, no. Wait, like how about that that feels good right oh. we're, just saying, we're, just like, we're like whoa this is so retarded like we're out of here uh yeah
0: and you had a little bit of a uh reputation too from what i heard for really like sucking the meat out of these these meetings too i heard like you really you really I mean, knew- I was- I was really to really drain
2: the cards, right? Yeah, I was trying, man. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like I was doing the best I could to get, you know, I mean, I was living off of nothing, you know. Right, it's like Joby, sure. Joby kept me alive for a solid year. I would just, he would literally, I would go into Vagrant and now mm-hmm. he would just give me boxes of Vagrant CDs and I would go to Amoeba and just sell them. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, wow. it was, it was, it was amazing, you know, it was just oh, like, it's just like, it's because at that time, that was good money. Sure. I mean, yeah, you had like you know you had like you were getting I was getting like you know four or five bucks a CD man. Wow, I was, baby, I those was are hot
0: like, titles, yeah, dude. Was, and, <laughs> and, and man,
2: you, if that, you know if there was like a, a box set or anything like that, yeah. then, woo, woo, you know, yeah, you is, were going to sizzler yeah, that, hell, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. So yeah, we do these meetings, you know, and I'd, I'd ask people for cash, you know, I'd I'd i do all that shit, but good, it, it, it was yeah, it was a good time, man. We did like. You know, Island took us out to New York. He did like the whole, like, just completely just scripted, like, take the rock band to a strip club. You know, thing. <laughs> and it, dude, and it was, it was just like you would always think it was. It was just fucking. It was perfect. It was magical. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was totally dumb. Um, but uh, but we did. We got to do all that and experience all that and kind of the last wave of that and and. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's come back around nowadays, but I don't think it has. You know, no, it's just like it's so. kind of a, not like that. Yeah, it was super cool to to kind of get in at the end of that rainbow, you know. So we ended up signing a a, a, a deal with Island that was super cool. Not not like a million dollar deal by any means, but we right. got we but we got what we wanted. We got a little bit of cash to pay off some bills, buy a van, go on tour. You know, we got the first record to be able to come out through Parrot. We got a ferret. We got to build our own label, White Drugs. We got to right. do. Basically, got to be able to have control of everything we wanted to do and, and build it out from there. And it was all because uh, because of Jonathan and Pablo. I mean, we had an idea of what we wanted, but you know, if we didn't have those guys, I mean, we would have been baked over the coals.
0: Yeah, sure. You guys managed to have leverage, right, right from the get.
2: We had we had guys that were really looking out for us, you know. So it was it was we were super fortunate um, in that in that respect, you know, it was kind of a a really good thing that lined up for us. So, you know, and and from there, I mean, you know, it's just all gas, no brakes, right? It's like you get the deal. You get the deal, next you're out of the road, you're making records and you're and you're just going. So I mean, for us it was really a kinda it's the only way I could I could I could ever see it happening honestly you know it was kind of like mm-hmm. I mean, because we had we had the connection between the four of us like instantly you know like we were yeah. all like we were we were different you know like we were different like like Jorma and i james and i and and, and, and like everyone had like their own personalities and sure. but we were all we also had you know we we bonded right away you know and it's like and it it was uh, you know a, a super beautiful thing you know and, and to be able to experience all that you know I mean you're traveling you're making music you're you know you're you're partying you're face off you're doing all these things and it's happening so fast uh, yeah, I mean it was incredible man you know and it's like and, and honestly it, it's it still is you know it's still it's uh, it's you still get the exact same you know uh, like. Cool from it as it did back then it's Just it's just, it back then it was just all a blur, you yeah, know, right, now, it's, right. now it's like, you know, it's like and it's, you know, I mean I'm still you know, i still still drinking, I still do all that shit, you know, but it's like it was just it was just the pace you right. know, when everything first started it was just like insane, I mean it was just yeah. like go, 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 and everything was just out of control, but yeah man, I mean I think that's the only way it could have gone down I mean it's like uh, you know, for us to try to be more methodical about what we were doing or anything like that or to take too much time to try to, you know, formulate any sort of like um, critical strategy would have been a, a, a big mistake. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, you
0: certainly didn't need it. I mean that first record came out and for anyone who hadn't heard you first, you know, it wasn't like, oh this is just their first record. It's like holy shit, what is this? This is fucking hot, you know. Um and I, I remember too like having a little bit of a break You know, I saw you guys, you know, really early, a bunch, with the Ferret guys, and then, you know, I hadn't seen you in a couple years, and ran into you at a festival, and I was like, ah, I wonder what these guys are like, like, if they're still, still rocking it hard, or if they're, like, just totally pro, like, festival band now, and I remember you had an early set, it was like a one o'clock or something, and... I see you guys popping out from the backstage. You know, we kind of see each other. We're like, oh, what's up, man? I sort of remember you from, like, New Brunswick, you know? And and I see Jormo looking a little pale, and he walks on stage and just, like, puts a finger in his mouth, does, like, a really, really perfect, clean puke on yeah, the back of teacher. the stage, and then just, like, runs right up and starts, you know, playing like he does, which was, you know, phenomenal yeah. at the time. And I'm just like... Oh, okay. They're still doing it, and and he oh, yeah. even took a reprieve. I think like after like the third song, went back and did like another one in about ten seconds, and was was back just ripping it. And I'm like, oh man, the Bronx are still the Bronx. I love this. Oh
2: yeah, it was uh, yeah, and, and it's uh, yeah. Those, I mean, that's like, I mean, those are like the most. I mean, dude, it's like that. Those are the most, like you know, it's like it's if that that shit is so awesome, like you know what I mean? Like, it's, like you know what I mean? Like you're like the, the fact that I mean, and you're not, you know, you might not, even, you might not. The reality of the situation is, is you might not be playing your best show, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. like that feeling of like you know rolling out of a Sprinter band in like the fucking middle of nowhere, or like you know, and just like getting on stage and you know, in some festival and. You know, just plugging in and playing is like it did it's the fucking best. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's it's just, cool. yeah, dude. It's, it's it's so rad, you know, and it's like uh, you know, it's, it's just it's it's so cool to be able to do that with your friends, you know, and just yeah. and to be able to make it last, you know. So but yeah, dude, I mean those I mean, we did I mean we did the whole thing, you know. So like after the first record, the second record was like the major label one. We did with Bryanhorn. Right. And that was like a full-on, you know, uh, just massive undertaking. But yeah, just an like
0: aw- media blitz kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, it was just an awesome experience. But it was like full-on, you know, like military, you know, break down, <laughs> build you back up thing. Right, but it was, yeah, like yeah. A, it was a you know, it was a super rad experience. But that was like it was it was a long time between our first and and second record. You know, it was mm. like I remember. It feeling like a really long time, and it, it was. I think it was like almost like three years or something like oh, that. Wow. But, but, uh, but yeah, man, it just kept going, you know. And it's yeah. like that, that was like the thing, um, that that I I've always loved and I, I I still love about about the band. It's just like, you know, we're just we're, we're tight, you know, it's like we just we have there's a friendship between uh, between everybody, you know, and it's like with the new guys with, I mean, I can't even call them the new guys. I mean, Brad and Mm -hmm. Ken have been in the band for, you know, well over a decade now. It's like, but it's like, like we're, we're, we're brothers, you know? So it's like, you know, it's so, it's so much fun to be able to play music together. And it's like, it's just, it's, uh, I, I don't know man I, it's no. just it's, it's hard to even to, to put it into words how sure. appreciative I am of it because I love it so much
0: I can hear it in your voice man it's always and man um, where did the mariachi thing come from?
2: uh sh- Los Angeles man I mean it uh it came out so we had you know like I was saying we had that downtown rehearsal spot uh which is now like a Soho I don't know what it is it, it, dude, it was a legendary rehearsal spot it was so rad uh and uh You know, there was uh, uh,
0: where where was that studio? Is in downtown LA? Yeah,
2: Santa Fe and uh, Seventh Street. I think it's like uh, yeah. Um, You know, now there's it's by the there's a play there's a strip club there called the Playpen. (laughs) But uh, but then it was yeah it was sketchy as hell. Uh, But yeah, now it's like now there's like the it's like the Stumptown. Okay, and uh, Urban like a, outfitters or something. Well, oh, no, I mean it's not. It's not like fully bad, but it's like it's definitely not the way it was, you know. But it's all good. Things change. Whatever. The stump you know? so-
0: town, dude. The coffee place is always the first domino in gentrification. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, 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 right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so. Uh, you know, so, the, you know, and, and we had like, you know, I mean, obviously in L.A., Hispanic culture is everywhere. You know, sure. I mean, as I grew up surrounded by it. Um, and, uh, you know, our, our rehearsal spot, there was a Mexican car wash, you know, right across the street. And we would be playing. And every time we stopped playing, you know, it would just be mariachi music or, you know, banda music. Just like, just badass, just bumping. You know what I mean? Just uh-huh. beautiful tunes, just cruising out, you know, speakers and just everyone partying, having a good time, just working, you know, it's just like, you know, kind of classic culture, you know? So, um, it's just something that kind of like sublim- subliminally, like, kind of like snuck into our, our studio, you in mm-hmm. our years in, in that way. And it's like, you know, when, when we were kind of having a, a little bit of a, like a, we hit, you know, I feel like every punk band hits a wall at some point if you want to, like, try to, like, break out of it, you know what I mean? Or, like, do sure. something a little different. So, around our third record, that's where we were kind of sitting. We were like, ah, you know, it's like, like what next? Yeah, like, what next? You know, like, what, what, what are we going to do here? We yeah, got to be, yeah. Feel, feel next. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel like, you know, we feel like we just need to do, like, something, you know, like, what, what do we want to do? And, and we had kind of started getting, like, you know, like we had like, an offer from there. Used to be this thing that I remember. You guys remember Fuel TV? But Fuel TV was yeah, like they had yeah. this, they had like a Daily Habit show or something like that, and sure, they wanted yeah, us to do, yeah, they wanted us to do an acoustic uh, Bronx song, and that was kind of at the time. You know, that was like you know that was like an insult. You know, like, <laughs> right, right. We don't they, do acoustic. Yeah, the Bronx does not do acoustic, bro. You know. <laughs> uh, But, uh, so, but we wanted to do the show, you know? So we were like, okay, let's, let's try to figure out a a creative solution to it. And, you know, lo and behold, music coming in, you know, through, through the windows, you know, and Joby's like, hey, you know, let's, let's try to do something mariachi style, you know, let's, let's try to take, uh, Dirty Leaves, which is a song off our second record, kind of like our first kind of like slower song Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and put some, you know, some different instrumentation to it and, and you know, see what happens. You know, right. so so that was that was the birth of it. You know, so we, we put that together, and uh, and it just felt amazing. I mean, it mm. just felt it felt nerve wracking. It felt like super inspiring, really creative, and uh, and challenging. You know, and just like unknown. You know, it was right. just like it just took us completely one hundred percent. Out of our safe space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at,
0: at this point, like, <laughs> yeah. like, did you have any mariachi groups or or music that was like already part of your 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 listening? Uh, you know, you're listening rolodex or or I mean, like, for, did it kind for, of trickle down after.
2: Well, so I mean, we had a little bit. So it's like so uh, so going back to the kind of musical family that that we got going here you know so so i met uh david and vince uh, hidalgo in uh i want to say i was a sophomore in high school okay, okay. My, my first girlfriend uh was their cousin okay? Oh, okay so i didn't i didn't know anything about them at all i didn't know you know so she and she kind of like didn't bring me over there until like, I, I like, she knew I was like a, you know, I was like a, a, <laughs> a legit you know, prospect. Yeah. <laughs> legit prospect. Exactly. Yeah. Double A. You had to crack double A. Yeah. 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 Right. So <laughs> like, so, and, and so she, and she's like, okay, I'm going to bring you in. So I'm like, I'm in my hand. I'm just like, what, like what is the big deal? You know what I mean? Like what's going on? So, and, and it was never anything like this, but uh, so I go over there and, you know, I meet, uh, David, David, you know David, who's uh, a year older than me, but we were basically you know same age, and yeah, yeah, And so you know we meet, and I meet Vincent, who at that time was so young; it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so and, and we hit it off right away, and then I took it. I don't really realize anything until the first, but you know eventually it comes out that you know their dad is the singer in Los Lobos, and right. I mean, this is this is kind of like uh, you know after like not. You know, not too far after the bomba and sure. uh, you know colors and all that. I mean, they were they were cranking out tunes. I mean, they yeah. were a, they were a big deal. Pretty you know, much I mean,
0: the, the face that. of that music to like any American yeah. was right. them. Yeah,
2: yeah, hundred percent. And I'm yeah. you know I'm hanging out in, in in the living room and you know I'm just like so you know, cool. and and, yeah. and they they've taken me in and they're super cool and you know so it's like and so you know I'm over there all the time you know hanging out with them and her and. And it just became this thing where, you know, eventually, you know, we started playing music together and, you know, in their oh, okay. basement, playing cover songs and just doing stuff like that. And, cool. and so we just became friends and, and tight and just obviously, it, you know, so it just built from there. But from that's kind of when, you know, I, I started to really get into Los Lobos, you know, like right. outside, outside of like what I'd heard or seen sure. you know, from movies or soundtracks. Uh, and I really started to discover... Um, you, you know the that side of, of music, you know, and it's like, but it, then that was like, I mean, and they're you know obviously, you know, monsters of the genre, you know. Course, so it's yeah. like, you know, that's kind of where uh, musically, you know, where where any sort of real kind of understanding or appreciation started for me, um, you know. And then obviously, you know, as as you know, our kind of musical. Uh, circle kind of grew outwards, and Jovi meets those guys, and then everyone kind of, you know, we all kind of, it kind of grew outwards from there. So Lobos was definitely kind of the main, uh, you know, uh, like what we wanted to, like, the only thing we knew to kind of, like, A-B against, you know right. what I mean? Like, we were kind of that's using a that. big, it's a yeah. big yeah, standard, I mean, man. It's I, a good I, A. I, yeah, it's a good yeah, A. Yeah. I, I mean, and honestly, dude, I mean, and it's like if 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 you know that and you listen to El Bronx, you can hear it, you know? And it's like, right, right. and it's like, if, 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 if I, I mean, it's nowhere near, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I'm not saying it's anywhere near what they're doing, I'm just saying that's what we were like, you know, at least for me, but like, specific specifically vocally like yeah. that's what that's what i was trying to be you okay, know what i mean like yeah. i was like i'm really I, like i want to sound like he's got the greatest voice like one of the greatest voices of all time oh, to yeah. me okay, yeah like his voice his voice is just insane it's just so it's it's just beautiful man it's just beautiful and it's like uh you know that was kind of like what i want you know like what i wanted to like where i wanted to end up like if i can kind of go somewhere in this direction you know, hopefully it, it, it'll be all right. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, going off of that, and then plus, you know, we have, you know, with, with Vincent, Vincent was such a big part of of El Bronx because, you know, with with everyone kind of feeling their way around, uh, you know, the, the genre and the instrumentation and the rhythms, Vince was the authenticator. You know, right. Vincent, Vincent was the one who was like, okay, not like that, like this, Mm-hmm. You know, this is that's do it this way. It's got to be done like so. He was kind of like you He's know like the, the
0: conductor almost in a
2: way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of helped us. He helped. Uh, he helped the tree grow straight. You know what I mean? Right. It's so, like it's like when like, there's
0: like a cop movie and they have to make sure there's like a cop on set. You know <laughs> to make sure like all the cops it, are acting it, like
2: real it, cops it, or something. It, it, exactly. You know exactly because we. I mean we were coming from obviously. Uh, you know, a, a place of, of, you know, ultimate respect and appreciation, and and you know, just wanting to do this out of pure creativity and inspiration and, and love of music, you know. But we were also super aware that people might think we were taking a piss out of the culture, out of the right. music, or sure. that just going to be like, you know, these fucking white dudes are disrespecting fucking you know Mexican music, all the shit, you know. So. You know, and it was like, that's the one thing that we just, you know, you never, I mean, it, it coming up it, as, it, you know, anybody who values, you know, any sort of moral compass, whether it's, you know, personally, creatively, you know, you never want to be seen as fake, you know, you, ne- yeah. you never want to be seen as fake, you know, so that was the number one thing, you know, and so it was like, we got to do this right, you know, and so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that we worked our asses off to to do it right, to make it our own, and you know we, we leaned on Vincent a lot in in the early days to kind of make sure that we were doing things the right way. You know, right.
0: you guys are bold, man. I mean, between being from Los Angeles and calling your band the Bronx, and then and then you know being white guys who decide to take on Marriott. I mean. You're fucking bold. You know, <laughs> if there's anything you say about the Bronx, you boys are bold, you yeah, know? You know. It's, it's it's um, that's awesome, man. Now, like like lyrically uh, you know, is there is there like a way to to convey mariachi music that's that's antithetical to the way you would convey like a punk song? You know, I know you're not always talking about like, uh, you know, Fucking punk rock, like you know, you you write kind of love songs anyway a lot of the time. But it, is there a different way to to convey them in a mariachi setting than in a punk setting?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, for me, originally and and still for the most part, it's like you know, and, and this was a thing that I didn't even that was like the most insanely freeing thing to me because, um, like, you know, it, there is. You know, there is, you know, in, in, in punk music and in aggressive music, there is kind of a rallying cry to, to, to sing, you know, to be against, you know, to, to, to be screaming, to be screaming about what's wrong and not about what's right,
0: Mm -hmm. you
2: know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of the school that I grew up in, you know, it's like, it was like, it was all about fuck you, you know I mean? That was, that was it, you know? Yeah, and it was, yeah. it was like, fuck you, fuck this, you know, burn it down. Question you know?
0: everything, so, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and what you don't realize is how, what I didn't realize is how kind of one-sided that can make you as a human mm-hmm. being. Sure. You know, and so I had all these great things that I experienced in my life. You know, I've, I, I've, I've got, you know, a, a great family, I've got You know, I I grew up in this awesome neighborhood and I've I've lived this, you know, life that isn't anything like crazy, but you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's been, I have a lot to be thankful for. Sure. And I, I, it was all, it all just kind of been over my head until El Bronx came along and it was like, it was kind of like the first time that I felt okay about singing, about, you know, like, like you know, like positive things or like, ah. you know, things, things that have gone right in my life or things that I appreciate or, 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 or singing like honestly, confidently about love, you ah. know, cause they, mm. in, in Bronx, I would, it would just be like, if I was singing about love, you know, I would make it like tortured, you know, it would be like right. a dirty, right. be a dirty, I can strung out, you know, you know, nasty, punk rock gutter love. Like you, know? you said,
0: a Nancy love.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, it was like, it, it just, El Bronx became this, it was just this thing and it, it brought so much, like, like being able to like, to have an outlet for kind of like, the other, all the other emotions in life. Yeah. Like, it balanced out my whole existence, dude. Wow. Like, it, it was like crazy. That sounds like, really so, freeing. Yeah, it was. And honestly, that's why it was like, it was, it was so, it was so crazy when it all happened that we were writing, dude. It was like, dude, it was just like, it was flowing out of all of us, you know? It was like, yeah. like for me, lyrics and melody and all that stuff was just like, it was just coming. So it was just like, it was super inspiring and just super, just, you know, beautiful to kind of experience it. And Very cool. You know, yeah, so for me, there, there there is a difference. And it's like, it's, it starts with that. It's basically, you know, uh, you know, Bronx is, is is basically, you know, pissed off, and and, and El Bronx is, is is way more celebratory and way more appreciative and, and happy. But at the same time, um, you know, it's it's a very beautiful music, but it's it's very it can be very sad, and you know, it, it can right. be very, um, you know, just uh, just intense, you know. So um, the more we got into the band, you know, like the second record, third record, the kind of more I started really kind of, you know, experiencing the kind of full spectrum of, of, of lyrics and stuff like that. But when we first started, you know, it was just about, it honestly, it was just trying to like celebrate instead of just like, you know, being pissed off all the time.
0: Yeah. You know, H- has it made you a more well-rounded lover? <laughs>
2: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Of course, you know, because it's like, I feel like, you know, it's like, it's like punks, like, I I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> no, 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 Matt! Nah, don't stop talking. there's gotta be
0: a difference. Because there's gotta be a difference between drunk, angry, punk rock it's sex and beautiful,
2: like, loving mariachi sex. Like, like, like it's fucking and making love. You know, it's like those those, those. those the two. Those the two things. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's pretty much it. You know.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I love it. So, so the Bronx the Bronx live show is always an experience and I know you guys pride yourself in that and you know more often than not you know uh I'll turn my head and be back and be like oh where's Matt and you'll be you know down in in the crowd getting dirty mixing it up with everyone um how do you how do you prepare for a show like that and like do do you have any rituals that like you have to do to get on stage
2: uh not really I mean okay. I do I, like I I you know I, I do depending on where I'm where I'm at vocally on tour I, I may warm up here and there but it's like as far as like getting ready to like play a show you know it's like I, I I used to drink I used to drink beers and just hang out but now it's like I don't I don't drink before we play anymore okay uh, it's because I just realized I just sing way better you know and right, it's like right. it's I'll just have some beers after the show, you know. So it's like, it's it's a lot that that kind of small, like kind of like change in the routine was a, a big one for me because it just I, I just felt so much better about how like how I was singing and, and the show overall, you know. But right. it's like, uh, as far as like getting hyped to like go play, get in the crowd or whatever, it's like I I don't know, man. I'm just I'm 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 ready for it. It's you like, just I, come hyped, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 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 hyped on. I'm ready to go. You know, it's like I, I love I love it, man. I that's love nice it, to love hear.
0: It. See, yeah, that's love- that California thing. We go back to again. It's just it's pure positivity. You know what I mean? You people yeah. just come a different way. A guy oh, from well, New York. That- a guy from New York is going to go play a Bronx show. He's going to have to go through an hour of deep reflection, maybe some cocaine have a conversation with like his aunt like like this guy going to be a whole fucking thing you're just yeah. a valley you're like you know what just get out there and fucking rip it cuz life is good yeah, i gotta move out there man i yeah. jesus christ what are we doing brad you know why are we torturing ourselves
2: hey um, man <laughs> sooner, sooner or later the east coast is going to be a, it's going to be a ghost town yeah underwater anyway, i want you know what i want to out here anyways man all you motherfuckers are moving out here so you know you know um you know
0: I want an orange tree and a good night's sleep, you know, like, yeah. like I'm, yeah. com- I'm coming for you, Matt. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you got to tell me a story because it's one of the strangest things I saw on tour ever in all my years of touring. And I need some clarification on your end as to what the hell was going on. So we were on the Soundwave tour together in Australia and you know, I, I, we were at different parts of the festival. I didn't get to see you very often because of the way we were separated. And, you know, Pennywise was also on the tour. It was the first time I'd gotten to know Fletcher at all. He actually was in our traveling party. And, you know, during the day, I had a couple really great conversations with him. Uh, he did inherently terrify me just in general because of his size and, and demeanor. Um
2: Yeah, he's a great white man. He's a great white.
0: Yeah, and I remember, so I I go and try to catch you guys. I believe it was the last night of the tour, and I'm on stage, and I see Fletcher on the other side of the stage really getting into a handle of vodka um, and starting to get pretty hyped up. And, you know, I'm on the other side of the stage being like, you know what, I'm going to stay over here (laughs) because I I don't know what's about to happen. And before I know it, maybe it was my sixth sense, Fletcher was on stage, With you guys, I remember seeing maybe a couple headlocks where he started giving you some vodka um, and then eventually turned into like a broken bottle, uh, him cutting his his chest, throwing the bottle into the crowd, like really, really wild stuff. And you guys were were all up for it while it was happening. But can, can you give me your memory of this situation and what actually happened?
2: Yeah, well, that was like, you know, that was like building of like, uh, uh, you know, that was like a, an epic kind of just grand finale, you know, it's just <laughs> right. like, that was, uh, you know, so Fletcher's a good friend of, of mine and, and the bands, and, and it's like that, you know, that tour was so much fun, and when you, you know, you, when you go down to Australia, it's like, I mean, Australia's the best, oh. you know, it's like, you know that, it's like, it's just, it's such a special place, especially, uh for rock and roll music for mm-hmm. punk rock music for garage music i mean they fucking love it you yeah. know yeah. they live it they breathe it it's 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 a, a vibe and it's like and going back to california you know i used to i i used to compare australia to like it's like california island you know cuz so yeah, it's like it. it's like it's like it's just like you know it's like what, like coastal like kind of surfing and and rock and roll and just kind of easy I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's an amazing place. So when we go down there, we let it all hang out extra, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's, it's, yeah. it's, always, it's always just a little bit more. And, you know, and Fletcher was on that tip with us, you know, so we, we, we plan and uh, in that night he was hammer drunk and it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm looking at him on the side of the stage and he's like cross eyed, you know. Yeah, and yeah. He's got he's got the big old thing of vodka, and he comes out during History of Stranglers, and he just he I like he comes out, he puts me in a headlock, and gives me some <laughs> vodka, and then he grabs Mike, he says like the Bronx is the fucking best or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this like out of nowhere, and then he he grabs the bottle and he fucking slams it down, and it just shatters, and then he grabs a uh, a piece of the glass and he lifts his shirt up, and he just starts slicing his stomach up, and dude, I mean, and like, like, and doing damage, dude, yeah, like doing yeah, damage, yeah, yeah. like the scar, the scar he's got is insane, so he sliced himself to shit, and I'm like looking at it like, whoa, like, you know, I'm still singing the song, <laughs> yeah. and then of course... You know, he comes at me and then I'm just like, ah, oh, shit, you know. So then he's like, he's like, punch me. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> he, tells, he tells me to punch him. So I'm pretty sure I punched him. I don't remember if I did. But it, wasn't, it wasn't anything noteworthy, that's for sure. <laughs> right, right. Not a so handmaker. I mean, yeah, <laughs> at this point, he's just, he's a hurricane. Yeah. And so he picks me up. You know, he's hugging me and slamming me. We wrestle on the ground. I got his blood all over me. You know what I'm saying? So then it's just one of these things. And, you know, the crowd's going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, what the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we end the set. I think Jorma ends up trashing the drums or something. It just turns into a big mess. So then we get back. We get backstage. And he is, man, he is cut. He is cut to shit and uh like real so, like real cut like this needs attention like I don't know yet. no yeah no oh, multiple stitches oh. dude like it, like a ton of stitches like okay. like it looks like, it, looks like uh, it literally does look like a shark bit him in the stomach holy but, shit yeah uh, yeah so he gets back there and then He's got. I mean, he went to the hospital, and like the, the story he's got about the hospital, about like that, he, like him wanting to, like stitch himself up. Like, oh my god! He was like he was, a, he was, he was a nightmare in the goddamn hospital. God bless the people who put him back together, but. Did he
0: willingly uh, go to the hospital? Like he actually was like, I'm gonna go to the hospital. I doubt
2: it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I doubt it, you know, but he uh I feel
0: like he might have been yeah. able to put down first or something.
2: Yeah. I mean he's 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 the dude though, man. I, I love that guy so much. He's you know, he's that's the thing. It's like one of the things that is, is really really cool about uh, about, you know, music and art and you know, especially punk rock, is you come across you know, you come across people who you know who who do it, you know, and who appreciate it and who are legit. Yeah, but they don't. They don't really. They don't. They don't. You know, they whether it's just a, a personal choice or just who they are as human beings, they just have control. You know, they just. Right. They just. They just. Have, they have control, and they don't really. You don't ever really see them get out of that zone. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. it's like there's there's other people. You know who it's like. When, when it's when you hear an electric guitar or when you hear a song that you fucking love or you see a band that you fucking dig it doesn't matter what age you are who you are where you are what you're doing like you're gonna fucking lose control and mm-hmm. you're gonna fucking go off because that's what fucking music does to you and yeah. that was him and that's me too and so yeah. it's like you know so it's like so it's like I, I, I get that and I fucking love that. You yeah, know, so that's, yeah, so I, you know, I, I, I appreciated that moment so much. And it's like, we get, we get, uh, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to like if you that that episode deserves like its own special because if you can get him <laughs> on here to talk about that, dude, it's it's amazing. Like, there, <laughs> there there's, there's a whole second half to that story that is just yeah. absolutely, insane. but I, I, I couldn't speak on it for him. You gotta, sure, you gotta get him, sure. to talk
0: All right, we'll get, we'll try to get Fletcher on. I mean. I even remember being, you know, because I grew up listening to Pennywise. This wasn't some band I just, like, discovered on Soundwave. You know, I was, like, 13 years old singing along to Brohim. So, you know, I knew exactly who they were, but I'd never met those guys. And I remember Fletcher walking on, like, you know, the way Soundwave tour works is, like, you're in a traveling party with, like, four or five other bands, you know, and you're off and on the bus with them every day. When you're going somewhere, you're on flights with them. uh, Yeah. And I remember Fletcher coming with a guitar with no case. He just had a guitar, (laughs) like just was carrying around an electric guitar, like in the airport, you know, wherever he went, like up to the hotel room. I'm like, you know, I figured the guy from Pennywise would, would have a case, you know, would have like some extra strings would have some shit like that. But it was just like, this guy just showed up to Australia with his guitar and yeah, he just, dude, he do the thing, you know. I was like, this, this is a remarkable, you know.
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, it's just like you know, he's just one of the. He's, he's a classic, dude. He's a, just yeah. a classic, just human being, and just like punk rocker. And it's just like you know, he's just one of those guys. It's just like you know, he'll he'll mosh in a hotel lobby. He'll he'll do anything. <laughs> it's just it's in his blood, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you gotta respect it man it's like
2: i think the the caveat to, to
0: guys like that is when you take the control away and you put it in a like six seven 280 pound body or something yeah and no one can control that you know even when it gets out of control
2: oh man there was uh it, i i think it was actually the same sound wave uh that that queen because queens was on that right I think so. Yeah, I think so. yeah. So there, there was a night after one of our one of our sets that Josh and and Fletcher were backstage. Oh my God. They were throwing like they were throwing uh, like huge like construction bricks that were like t- that were basically like around the poles to hold the stage down. Yeah, and, I mean th- those two together, dude. I mean those are some giant dudes. Yeah, I mean, we we were always wondering like, oh, that would be such a great fight. Like, I wonder, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta put my money
0: on Fletcher there. Josh is a
2: giant dude, but Fletcher Josh, seems to yeah, have Josh, Josh, Josh can fight, dude. He can throw him yeah. Josh can fight, all right. Josh can, Josh, Josh can most definitely fight, you know. We oh, and, and, and so see, I know this is the yeah, pay per view, yeah. I want to see, you yeah. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be great. But but you know, they're they're they friends, so that's it's it's better it's better that way. Sure. But those those two guys, you know, with some cocktails in them, Woo! Yeah.
0: Look out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's the thing. I remember I remember being at a festival once and I don't really know Josh. We'd met him a couple times and literally within ten minutes, I think he just took a liking to a couple of the guys in my band. We gave him a little you know, a little weed and he was trying to convince us there was some new metal band on the festival. And he's like, let's go to their backstage, just get in their room and start trashing their backstage and like fucking with them, you know? And I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm i like, I don't want to do that. I don't <laughs> think, you know, I like I wasn't I wasn't like punk enough to hang out with Josh Homme at all. Like, I don't think I would have made like 15 minutes without being like, oh, yeah, I don't know, man because <laughs> I I, i'm the other guy you're talking about i have too much control um <laughs> so yeah i'd be remiss to not ask this because i know not a lot of going off track fans give a shit but i give a shit so you're you're a diehard lakers fan yeah it's been forever can you quickly yeah. i know it's a bummer but can you quickly tell me like where you were at when you found out about kobe and you're kind of Immediate and long-term reactions now for, from that, like was he oh, like yeah
2: time faves. Oh, for sure, man, oh, yeah. for sure. I, I saw Kobe uh, play a bunch of times, man, and uh, I, I got to see him hit a game winner once in yeah. Staples. That was that was pretty amazing. But so we have, uh, uh, you know, I got a like a sports thread with like you know my brother and you know Brad. Uh, you know, of course, Bronx, yeah. Very well. my, my go-to fanatic.
0: for anything uh, anything Louisville
2: yeah, he's the man, and he, yeah, he the just mayor, opened a, basically. He, yeah, he just opened a bar in Louisville too, which is awesome, man. It's awesome. Respect, uh, to Brad. Brad.
0: Brad's an old yeah, old yeah. school buddy who's slept in my apartment and stuff before with his old bands. I was super happy to see him be in the Bronx.
2: Hell yeah, yeah, he's he's the fucking man. So uh, so it's him and and my brother and a couple other buddies and uh you know I think it was our buddy Donnie who who t- chimed in first. I was literally just waking up. And uh, it was like, you know, there's a rumor going around that Kobe's dead. You know, it was like, like, it was like when it first hit, it was like, okay, it's on TMZ. And then it was off TMZ, and then right. it was like, it was on the internet, and then, it, you know, obviously it kind of trickled in. And uh, at first, when it came down that that he was dead, it was just like. Whoa! Like, holy, sh- like, uh, holy shit! Like, it's, it still doesn't even feel real, honestly. Yeah. And it's like I, I didn't know the guy, but it was like such a, it's such a crazy thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it was so sad. And then it was just, you know, when the news just kept getting worse, you know. And then it was just like, oh man, his daughter was in there. Yeah. And then it was like, oh man, there was like, you know, six other people or whatever it was, you know. It was just like. It was so sad, man. It was just absolutely brutal, I and mean, you just feel so bad for, you know, the families. I mean, like one of the families in there, like it was like a, a dad and a mom and a daughter, and they had yes. a daughter out, outside. So it's like you yeah. have like a daughter, like a, a girl lost, like her whole yeah, family. Crazy you know I mean? things. And it's just like so so intense and so sad and just so fucking weird with the helicopter and the fog and just like surreal, so
0: right? At first, you were just like, "Wait, what? How is yeah. this possible? How is this possible?" Yeah. yeah,
2: so insane, man. So insane and so sad. And it was like, you know, he was uh, he he was a, a, a big basketball hero of mine. Obviously, lifetime Laker fan. I grew up like you know uh, when they were still kind of playing the form, and you know, it was like. Uh, you know, as a kid, it was, uh, you know, the Magic Squad and, and all that and, and the, you know, the original, you know, kind of Showtime era. And then, uh, you know, as, you know, the new kind of wave came through with Shaq and, yeah. and, and Kobe, it was just like that was like the prime, like those early 2000s squads was sure. just like absolutely insane. Were you a Kobe and-
0: or Shaq guy at that time? I know everyone had a side.
2: Uh, initially, initially I was a Shaq guy. You a dude. Shaq
0: guy. I knew, it. I knew it. I knew you were a Shaq guy. All punk rockers were Shaq guys. Well, Shaq Diesel was, dude, he was just so, he was so
2: dominant. And when, dude, he had like the best dunk ever, dude. When he would just dunk on everybody and just like, yeah. it was just, it was just pure force. But I, but I always loved Kobe too. But I just, I didn't appreciate Kobe until they kind of, like once they started really winning and then when Kobe really established himself as you know, equal, if not greater, right. you know, then it was, but to me, you know, he had to kind of earn the respect on Shaq's team yeah, and he did it and he did it, you know? So, yes. Yes. you know, so, so that was the way it went down for me. But yeah, I mean, when, 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 when he died, man, it was, uh, it was just heartbreaking, dude. And it's like, it's still, it's still one of those things where you think about it and it's like, it's just so strange that he's not around. You yeah.
0: Know? Did you get down to Staples Center at all? Were you, were you able to do any of the,
2: I, I didn't go down there. It just—it felt weird, you know. And yeah, it's like right. I, I wanted to go down there, but honestly, it was just, I, I don't know. It was just—I don't know—I was just just too out of it, you know. It's just like I, I just didn't feel like—I don't know—I I just didn't make it. I—I—I I, sure. I, 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 I want to say I regret it, but I don't. I mean, yeah, it's I like I—I spent—I spent plenty of time, you know, you know, trying to understand it all and watching everything and reading everything and and dealing with it in my own way, but. You know, it's like it's crazy, man. I mean, it's like you see, you know. I mean, it, that's that's the that's the whole other trip about all this stuff. Is you know, I mean. It, Man, you can you can go at any time, dude. Yes, you know you can go. To, anybody can go at any time, and that was like the thing. It just yeah. like it was like a strange wake-up call yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, you forget about that shit when yeah. you're living, man. Yeah, you forget you
0: can die at any second, man. Yeah. It's you really do. And even people and, with burgeoning futures and a million things in front of them yeah. suffer the same same fate as everyone else. Yeah. I think it was strange too with him and the idea that. You know, even when you start to idolize like a singer or someone in music or something like that, you don't often follow their path from like 16 years old to like grown man with a family. You know, like, yeah. like my favorite singers, I, I, you're not so intimately tied with their lives like that. But the way athletes are depicted these days, you know, you knew everything about this guy from the minute he was 16 to the minute he passed. So it did, even for someone like me who's just a giant sports fan, you know, there was this, this uh, really like obvious loss that, that felt very tangible, you know, when it happened. And I I think that's part of it. It's like you watch some, you watch the kid grow up and you you, you watch them become something different. And then, and like you said, watch someone get taken in an amazingly sudden, Way that makes you start to think about your own mortality and shit. It, it turned into a very powerful event because of that. I think
2: full on, and it was it was it was uh, a little extra heavy, you know, down here because he was you know he was an Orange County guy. You know, it right. was like an, an, an pilot and the families. They were all you know, like one of the one of the uh, baseball coaches lived in Huntington, and another one the, right, the, right. the the pilot in Seal Beach, which is you know everything was like basically you know I mean Newport's. Kind of the next town south uh, from Huntington, and you know it's it's a uh, you know it's it's a you know it's like a beach city. It's got you know obviously it's super kind of rich Orange County uh, you know sections of it, but it's nice. also got its, its little you know, beach wrapped spots too. But you know yeah, he was uh, you know he was a a big figure down here. You know yeah. it was like and it was crazy too, dude. Because you you know. Uh, you know, uh, obviously, being the fan that I was, you know, everyone knew about the the helicopter. You know, because he was like a famous story, like his first day, like Lego game. Like he was, he didn't understand traffic on the four hundred five, and he was like an hour late. Right. And so, I, from that point on, like he saw, he just started figuring out what to do. So, you would see his helicopter. I mean, when they when they would uh, when they would practice in El Segundo over by LAX and all that stuff, you would see him all the time fly from Newport. Uh, you just he would just take the coast. He would just right. literally he would just fly like four or five in the air. You know what I mean? So you would see his helicopter go by all the time. Kobe all didn't the time. Have time for traffic? Hell no! Come on, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, but but yeah. So it's 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 super crazy, you know. And then you yeah. just think like, yeah, there's just so many weird things, you know. Like it's like you know there, you know, you get to that point where you know you're you're such a you know. You can't really. You're such a star. You can't really do certain normal things. But then it's like, yeah, fuck. It's like it's crazy. Like you know, a helicopter. Like they were they were going to like. They weren't mm-hmm. going far, man. They were going. Oh no, like, yeah, four, yeah. It was like a, like, a, a valley or something. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just like it, it, it just. I don't know. So many crazy things. But yeah, it's like it's it's just tragic, man. But the yeah. saddest thing is obviously the. You know, the kids and stuff like that and you know, it's like uh, it's just like you can't feel I feel so bad for, you know, his wife and all that stuff. It's just crazy, man. Death is a death is is no good, man. That is a fact, man. No good. No Um, good.
0: Well, we've been going a long time and I bummed you out at the end. Uh but I have the hardest question I need to ask you right now out of the whole hour and thirty minutes. I need your Lakers, the Lake Show, all time starting five for you? <laughs> Which I know, uh, this is a brutal question, I'm sure, especially uh, for the Lakers, because you got such a storied history. If I was doing this for the Nets, it would take about four seconds, you know?
2: Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, probably, you know, Shaq, Magic, Kobe. Uh... I mean, I. Mean, you include LeBron already? I, mean, I don't know. No, I just, like, I, I no, don't no I don't You can't. You, not yet. I don't yet. think. Yeah. All right. It's so we got go, go Shaq. We go Shaq. Uh, obviously, Kobe, Magic. Um. you gotta go Kareem. You gotta mm-hmm. go. I gotta you get. the you go logo. You gotta get the logo in there. You gotta get Jerry West in there probably. Oh. But you got... I think my yeah, top five would be, let's see here. Yeah, I'm going to okay. say, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to go Shaq, I'm going to go Shaq, Kobe, Magic. I'm going to go Shaq, Kobe, Kareem, Magic. Uh, and, yeah, I'll throw the logo in there. I'll throw Jerry West in there. Okay. I mean, you can't, how
0: can you deny any of those? No, you know, I, was, no. I was maybe hoping for a James Worthy or a, or a uh, Pau Gasol, or you know, th- you, know, you know, you know, so you
2: know, I went to Christian High School, right? I went <laughs> to uh, Christian High School in Whittier, and uh, AC Green came oh, yeah. and, and and talked to us about like that, like abstinence because he was <laughs> he, he was like a virgin, he was like a virgin for, and I'm not I'm not clowning, okay? I'm Wait, was
0: AC a- Green was a virgin while he was on the
2: Lakers? Yeah, AC Green was like a virgin until he was like, I don't, he might still be a virgin, dude. Wow. Yeah, he was like, and it was like, and it was so funny, dude, because it was high school, you know what I mean? So he comes and he's talking to us about like, not, you know, don't have sex, you know, it's yeah. like save yourself till marriage and all this stuff, and we're just like, dude, this guy is—he's uh, a fucking laker, and this guy <laughs> is just blowing it, you know? And, like, I don't think there was a student in the goddamn gym that wasn't laughing at his ass, you know what I mean? But he. But to each his own. But I'll never forget that because that was honestly that that time in uh, in like in I, I whatever Christianity I guess you want to call it for right. for whatever was so was so funny, dude. Because like <laughs> you no, know, because because I, I went to the I went to Christian high school basically because El Rancho, the high school in my district in Pico, uh, I you know I, it was it was heavy heavy gangs and my my, oh, okay. my mom who really didn't want me to go there she was just scared to death so. She sent me to school in Whittier, so and it was cool because I, you know, I ended up meeting everyone I know and all that shit, so it's all good. But um, I, I, you know, I ended up not graduating because I fucking failed Bible. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the, that's that's the thing, right? At Christian high school, you don't graduate unless you pass Bible,
0: right? Books. Yeah. So
2: at the time, really punk rock you. Not you. Well yeah, well it was you failed Bible study and they get out it, of high school. I mean dude, it was it was so judgmental in that time too. It was just like I mean you go I mean you know, like like my senior year I'll never forget so I got kicked out like halfway through my senior year and I ended up just graduating like continuation school. But, you know, I had Bible my first uh, first class senior year and you know like uh, you know, you go, you go. Wake up, you know. You'd be like, "All right, I'm going to school." You know, you'd be like, "Okay, I'm like doing this. I got friends. I'm gonna I'm it's, cool. it's, like, it's all good." And you go to Bible first period, and it's like, you know, fucking gays are going to hell. Everyone, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right, it's like, it's like, you know it's, what you know I mean? It was, primer, it was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it was hardcore judgment at that time. Right, and it's like, you know, it, it still is to a, a certain ex- to extent now, but things of like. You know, it's not the way it was, but at the time, it was just like literally, like if you know anyone who worships in any other way, if there's any other gods, if they're not like straight heterosexual, like, like everyone's going to hell, right? <laughs> you know, right? You know, and it was just like, fuck, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, 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 that's not the, that's- true. That's a good cool yeah, cup of coffee, yeah, first people. Yeah, I mean. yeah, that's not it. It's like, that's not true. You know, it's like, so I, I, I always, I always had the mindset of like, you know, fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. but, but what was funny about it was, you know, the chapels every Wednesday, man, they were so, they were just so over the top and cheesy. And it's like, do we have like, do you remember the power team? No. You know, the power team. The power team was this like group of Christian bodybuilders, <laughs> dude, dude. They they would come through and they would like rip phone books in half for for Jesus, you know, dude. Dude, it was <laughs> oh my god, dude, it was so amazing. It was so amazing, dude. And it was, it just became this thing. Where, and then you know, so you had you know you had the power team ripping stuff in half. You had AC Green telling you not to fuck, you know. Yeah, you yeah. had all this, all these different things happening, and it was just—I mean, it was just hilarious, dude. It was like that, that, that kind of that era of, of religion, and even like you know that was still kind of you still had a a, a good dose of like televangelism going on at sure. that time too. So it was, it was, uh, it was definitely an experience, you know, yeah. and, and a good time to kind of like, you know, establish your own way of thinking. Yeah, you know, that yeah. was like. That was like the one thing that they probably didn't want me to get out of going to school there. But that's the one thing that I got that I'm eternally just thankful for was, you know, learning to think, uh, you know, with your own mind and to yeah. not just, just take things that people tell you, you know, especially heavy things like that. Like if you believe a certain way or if you love a certain way or if you identify a certain way that you're not getting in to the after party. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like that type of shit. I was just, you know, I was I was smart enough to be able to raise my finger to that way of thinking at an early age. And that, you know, obviously it goes hand in hand with punk rock and, and, and all that stuff and just identifying as, as, as a, a free thinking human being. So, uh, you know, so I that's what I got out of high school, you know?
0: Well, I love that the power team helped somehow yeah. create the bronx you know oh, yeah like yeah, what, yeah. what a perfect scenario couldn't have been better look them up <laughs> oh, yeah, look them sure. up yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm just imagining like the american gladiators it's just like too funny man oh, it's amazing i love it yo matt we've been we've been on for a while man i think that's good i think we'll go cool, over everyone if we talk anymore but you know, yeah. thanks so much for doing this it was so much fun i've you know, I you know I've been a huge fan of the Bronx from from day one. Been rocking, rocking your hat, rocking your gear anywhere I can because you're just one of the greatest bands to come out of America in a really fucking long time. And I appreciate everything you do, man.
2: Thank you, man. Right back at you. It's great talking to you. I appreciate you having me on. Yo,
0: pleasure. I'll hit you up soon, man. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Thanks, Matt.
1: Oh, producer Brad, mm. you've been a hell of a producer dude, the lately. Fucking Fletcher story is horrific. Ooh. Oh my goodness! And I found I saw a it. picture
0: that look that doesn't make it any better, dude. And now, like now that the story's over, let me tell you the real like what I was doing during that story. <laughs> I didn't see Fletcher on the other side of the stage. He was on the same side of the stage I was, yeah. and I went to the other side of the stage. <laughs> Because, like, I kind of saw this playing out where I was like, oh, he's getting hype. You just got the vibe. He's handling that bottle. like Right. And, and I had had, like, a casual relationship with him so far. So I'm like, I'm going to the other side just so I can just watch and not be dragged into yeah. whatever the fuck is going to happen. And I watched it all play out. It was insane, dude. And the part of the story that he didn't even tell is the fact that, that that broken bottle went into the craft. Like, literally but, got tossed so, into the crowd. He
1: slashed himself with the bottle, or was it an he accident? Did. Oh, God. No, 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 no. He, multiple, he was doing it right.
0: multiple times. That's he just so went gross. for it, man. Dude. Went Ugh. for it. And, and some other people involved with the situation told me what Matt alluded to, the fact that, like, it was difficult to get him to the hospital, and his right. behavior in the hospital was pretty insane. I had heard from some other people that that was, like, very much true, and it took, like... A great negotiation to get him to even go get himself checked out. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. Jesus.
0: But you know, punk rock, like baby. This, <laughs> so he's talking about, it's a true punk rocker. It's just like not some like skinny kid from the suburbs, you know. It's yeah. like a that's just a punk rocker you can't you can't put in a box because I mean, no one's gonna put him in that box, you know? <laughs> I'm certainly not. Fletcher's definitely a, a mythical beast. Sure is, man. Always what a been. great band what a great band and then what a what a finish to that interview with the power team at school <laughs> christian bodybuilders you can't I'm wait upset. to go look up the power team no because that's so cool <laughs> i love like the things that people would do to try to spread the word of god like like how did that happen you know there's just three guys working out at gold's gym who were just like yeah yeah like nice you know, i'm a man of faith yeah you guys are <laughs> great like Like, what can we do that's positive? Let's go fucking, let's go bodybuild at Christian school? Is that a tattoo of our Lord on your your chest there? Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. It's just like, I love that shit. It's too funny. And and honestly, it's one of the reasons I've always had a hard time buying into this stuff. Because I'm like, if this is like the ultimate word of God, like, why do we need like this much advertisement? You know, like, (laughs) like if it was. If it was like the true thing, lot, like maybe a lot of PR, maybe we <laughs> wouldn't need the power team. I'm just saying a lot you know? of PR behind Christianity. I was hoping for a couple deep. He gave us like not only his top five Lakers, he gave us like the top five Lakers right. of all time. Right. I was hoping for some random deep cut, you know, like a like a Michael Cooper or something. But but he he went for the hits. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's hey. The, the hits are what it is man right yeah it's probably he'd probably be this is why he's been a success in the music industry Brad. <laughs> he knows the hits he knows the hits you gotta know the hits but yeah that was awesome having Matt on i thought that was a super fun conversation absolutely quarantine talk is always a little bit of a bummer what I, are you gonna do no, it's comforting I,
1: I hope for those other, pe- other yeah, people out there yeah. going through the same thing so
0: I think it's been really interesting talking to different people because it's like you can sort of see the people who are managing to find silver linings day to day, people who go the other way. And really, like most of the people we talk to would probably give a different illusion of what's happening to them on a different day. Yeah, no, that's, you know, like like you're literally catching people and. Some of the most vulnerable or strong or impassioned times of their life. It's a fucked up time. It's the man. one
1: thing that I'm really noticing personally is that you just you, you can really get into your own head. You know, I mean, oh, I've yeah. questioned every part of my fucking existence during this thing. Like, but I but I do notice it. Like when I do get little kind of things, you know, what it doesn't. Like I said, that treehouse was for real, dude. That was like, yeah, that was
0: awesome. You needed a visceral, hands-on, old-school dad old shit, like thing, fucking yeah.
1: building a treehouse, man. Yeah,
0: and doing and and maybe even doing something where you start it and have the sense of completion and and all that in the same day. That sounds great, man. I'd love to build something, yeah, but like
1: I that. would definitely. That's my if I would have any advice, and I think it's why you see all these like posts. I mean, I can't believe how many people that I know who normally just are not the domestic types who are like, clean the whole house today, really proud of it, you know? Right, 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 right. It's just like, just do something. You can do anything. Like, whether you make a craft, whether you fucking fix your... Yeah, sure. Fix fix some furniture. That's another one. I go around the house fixing furniture, and that is very satisfying.
0: Totally. I mean, it's what Matt alluded to, right? It's like, you know, if you take away a musician's identity by not letting them play music they're going to sit around going like was i ever doing anything yeah. what kind of person i am and i think that same thing applies to every single person who's home yeah. and i i think the biggest highlight of this is how how much of our identities have always been framed by our professions right you know and like literally like when you die the first thing in your fucking obituary is like oh, 40 years working at the Ford plant or, you know, like something like that. But nothing about like your spirit, the way you thought about things, the way you saw the world, like any of that stuff, the things that personally feel so important from the outside world is only validated through a profession. And so I think a lot of people are having that head scratcher moment where they're like, wait, is being a compliance officer – the thing that I want to tell my Yeah, my identity.
1: 20- now, I am happy summer's here. I've definitely the spirits are definitely raised by summertime, for sure. We're
0: in bed together, baby doll. Oh, for real. Look at you. This is, this, is,
1: this <laughs> definitely I'm just waiting for somebody to walk in. This looks like this looks like phone sex, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I might have some assistant. I'll I'll make a text to bring in the hot oils in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of hot oils, I'm not wearing a shirt cuz I can't afford one. So <laughs> You know, I've been uh, we've been posting more on our Patreon. We put uh, the Sean secret interview up there, funny outtakes. I learned how to write messages on there. Yeah, nice so, job. So you know, now I'm gonna start talking to people and having some fun on there. So if anybody's got a couple extra shekels, shekels. Uh, maybe check out our Patreon. What's the address? Patreon.com/slash Going Off Track. Okay, I should be able to remember that soon. And, uh, yeah, and we could take suggestions for other guests. Uh, Benny talking too much about things that are sad. Brad not talking enough. Uh, you know, come and come and hit us on that thing. I want to know. There's links to all of that going on. on the website. You can link to the
1: Patreon. You can link to, like, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Facebook.
0: Be our friends, man. Yeah. Um, but But thanks to Matt for yeah. coming on and doing that. What, what, they have some socials, right? The Bronx. Was what, it Bronx-O-Vision?
1: bronx vision Twitter and Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. And uh,
0: check out them. Check out Mariachi. It's like a totally it's different good, thing. It's good, You know, it's I really impressive. like it. I I have no basis of reference, so that's where I'm like, I think this is good. But I don't listen to mariachi but, music, so I'm not quite but sure. You, but I know I enjoy it. I'll tell I know you I why, enjoy it.
1: why it's good and why it's successful. And I kind of wanted to say this to him, but I didn't really have the chance. But it's because they're not, they're not trying, I don't think, besides the outfits. It's right. not like they're trying to mimic traditional mariachi. They're taking mm. the rhythms, they're taking the sound, and they're doing their own thing to it. Like, you know, like... Right. I mean, even like just the way he sings, and even the content of the songs is not necessarily like trying to like. I'm trying to think of an example where people have done that, and it's just been too like like a ripoff. It's not a ripoff. Like, like here I got
0: one for you. It's it's Stephen Tyler trying to rap.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that
0: maybe that that's or horrible. Blondie trying to rap. Or Marky Ramon trying to rap. You remember that era where everybody tried to fucking rap? <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. bad.
1: But yeah, it's not, it's like, they're, <laughs> they're like saying like, this is a great instrumentation. Let's do our own thing with it. I think that's yeah. why they don't give, you know, that's why there's, you can't really give them flack for it because they're not, you know, it's like just because they're using the instruments and the, the rhythms, it's, it's, they're not trying to ape something else. Yeah. And I mean, if you get the respect of those Los Lobos guys, like, you're doing, you're okay. That's
0: it. Yeah. Because, I mean, even, even I, I wanted to not respect the Bronx when I was, when I first heard a band in Los Angeles was called the Bronx. And you have all this hype. And I'm like, you're not from the Bronx. You can't use that name. (laughs) And then I hear them and I meet them and I'm like, oh, I love everything about this band. They could call themselves anything they want, you know? Yeah. You got to be good to get away with shit. No, for
1: real. For real. Yeah. And they are.
0: Yeah, they they they're gonna ride high. I can't wait to see what those guys do next. Yeah. So, thanks for uh, listening. Yeah. To going off track. And thanks, we got a couple of new patrons that just came on over the weekend. Thanks
1: to you guys. I don't have your names in front of me, but we love you.
0: And yes. Uh,
1: and you know, if you want to hit us at Venmo, Venmo dot com slash off track. Uh, give us a tip if you're into it. Give us a good review on iTunes. And other than and, uh, that, just listen to
0: the show, man. Very cool guest next week, too. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to wake up early in the morning to do it. We're going (laughs) to do it. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks to Matt. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week.